0: to another episode of casual master quest this is episode 107 somebody did not change the show notes that somebody is me um we are here today with i'm your host for the episode nick and i'm joined by my lovely co-host glenn hello and (laughs) tyler is unfortunately not with us today um so this is going to be a nice maybe shorter episode because we don't have the third person who usually takes us off on our long-winded trips all which has always been for the better like, I think yeah. we always come up with some very interesting stories, um, and then we all just yeah. go off on tangents on Maybe tangents. Maybe shorter,
1: a little less entertaining, possibly. Yeah,
0: um, You will <laughs> be missed today. That. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Casual Mask Quest episode 107. Uh, Glenn, how's your week been? It's been
1: good. Uh, it's super hot. It's finally summer in Los Angeles. I oh, what's like that like? So let's get it, let's let's do the conversion rate. Uh today it is Fahrenheit to Celsius. Here we go. Ah
0: uh, yes, so today minutes. is about 35,
1: 36 Jesus degrees.
0: Fucking Christ.
1: <laughs> um holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hot. Like my bedroom, here you go. Yeah, like I told you, my bedroom is about 26, 27 degrees. Celsius. Uh, For those of you who in the States who don't get Celsius, I don't know how to say that. It's just Celsius. (laughs) Celsius. Uh, (laughs) It's like 80 degrees in my bedroom and about 95, 96 outside. Um, So it's finally summer in Los Angeles, which also probably means that our summer is going to push into probably October this year, which always sucks because the later it starts, the longer it goes. Um, But it's good. Uh, We Hopefully summer will last for a little bit of time because, like we talked about last week, we've uh, my wife and I are moving really excited about that um,
0: moving moving's a pain you know, though like i I get, oh, I get why you guys are excited, yeah. but moving's a fucking pain
1: it's a pain, but it's a pain because of the place that you're coming from more right. in my experience rather than the place that you're going. you know like but the good thing is, like I said before, our roommate Dylan is a fantastic carpenter, and he he brags all the time about he's never lost a deposit. So he's going to be back to get his stuff moved out whenever we get his situation figured out and we get that timing down. Um, but then he's going to help us clean everything up and patch the walls where we hung stuff up and stuff like that and repaint a little bit. Um, technically we don't have to repaint because I found out in the U S, uh, most states, if you stay in, in a place for 18 months, um, then the, uh, the uh, the owner of the property is required to paint without without charging you. Yeah, n- normal so since wear and tear. we've been here for yeah. longer than that, they don't. We like if she goes, oh, I charged somebody to come in and paint. We can go, no, you shouldn't have done that. It's well, I mean, city code. Yeah, no,
0: she you know? <laughs> charged herself to get somebody to come and paint. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that, but you're not taking it out of our deposit. No, that's no. all that matters. <laughs> I mean, unless
0: somebody was going around punching holes in the wall, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: No, and I, I totally never did that. No, but
1: I'm excited because the, the new place has, like, its own thermostat. It's got nice. overflow, a central AC, uh, double-paned glass windows with, like, a center air bubble mm-hmm. that makes it both harder to break and more temperature-resistant, so it'll hold mm-hmm. heater coolness a lot better. Um, we're going to get a dog, which I'm just so... Ugh. Now, I ran into a Corgi the other day, and I got the information about where she got them. And then I got real sad because it was $2,000. I can't remember if you
0: told that story on last week's episode. Or about, about the Corgi. Getting a dog?
1: Um, No, no, no. Okay. No. I, I was no, going to s- was...
0: Was say that I know you you told us about that. And I was wondering, and I'm not going to be the guy... Okay, so where I'm coming from is, are you open to, like, adopting as well? Yes. Because I'm not going to tell somebody um, that you should only adopt and don't get the dog that you want. But then, like, uh I would hope that at least a future dog owner would consider adoption because... Oh, yeah. You know, there's so many... Well,
1: you know, there's a a bright and a dark side to it, you know. Um, And without going into too much detail, just for the people involved um somebody that i know that adopted an animal has been dealing with that animal attacking other animals right um and so the the animal is a sweet thing just the best i love him um but he also just hates other animals and so that's right. the the hard part is the beautiful thing is that you've done a wonderful thing for an older dog that came from a bad place but then what happens when your animal injures somebody not to no fault of your own because she's done a wonderful job training him and bringing him to, um, actual professional trainers to try and work with him on these problems. And, you know, some of them just aren't sticking. So,
0: um, yeah, unfortunately it's never easy to predict the kind of, um, you know, because animals come over with their own baggage in, in the sense of like learned behaviors. And Mm -hmm. my, sister and my dad to replace me when I left home got a dog (laughs) Um, and I can tell you it was to replace me with confidence because they actually went and looked for him before I left a few months before I left and I woke up alone one day on a weekend nobody was home this was strange nobody shouldn't like there should be people at home I called them they're like oh yeah we're, we're at the pound we're looking at dogs I'm like oh okay cool nice yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're looking for your dog. That's not my dog anymore, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm not taking care of him. I had to take care of him, obviously. But he came <laughs> with so much anxiety and um, separation anxiety that if my dad and my sister weren't at home, he would throw up. And so oh, imagine me flying halfway across the world, coming home for the winter. Then my sister is off in India. My dad goes on a business trip. And I'm here sitting with this dog who doesn't really care for me. You know, he, like he happens to pick me because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he happens to pick me because I'm around. So he's like, okay, I have to get pets from somewhere. You'll do, Ugh, I guess. Um, I guess. <laughs> he'll come to me. And then I remember twice it happened. Afternoon, get ready, showered. You now I'm getting ready to go out, put on my bag. He's standing on my sister's bed, looks at me. I look at him and then he throws up. I'm like, all right, cool. I know where to keep you. I'm just going to pack all this up. I left it at, by the washrooms. Was not my responsibility. <laughs> I left. Yep. So um, yeah, it's it's a hard thing with uh, adoption because you never know what's you know. Unfortunately, you never know you never know what happened to the dog with its previous owners, and mm-hmm. what kind of like behaviors and tra- like behaviors that's carrying forward based on trauma because like, they're all self-defense mm-hmm. too right it's all mostly oh, or it's yeah. like learned behavior that they've been forced to like learn right. to like attack these creatures because you're a fighting dog now and i'm trying to make money off you and if you don't i'm gonna hit you kind of shit right right so it's it's yeah, just that's, ingrained. What
1: they, that's honestly what they think happened with this guy he's a pit he's so sweet just right lovey-dovey with humans just the best boy But just anytime he's around, you know, dogs, he has a really hard time. So, Mm -hmm. um, and even my parents, like, even if, and sometimes even if you adopt a dog that's younger and it's a breed that you normally jive with, like, cause certain personalities get along better with different breeds because of the way that they were raised or bred to be. Um, and my family's always had German shepherds and, um,
0: they're so beautiful. So my parents,
1: oh, They found one, and he is the most majestic-looking German Shepherd I've ever seen in my life. He's well over 100 pounds. Let's do this conversion real fast.
0: 100 pounds is about 50 kilograms, 54, 52-ish. Are you, are you, are you, you're going to be able to do this? That, I remember. No, 45
1: kilograms.
0: A a little bit off, yeah, because it's two, uh, (laughs) one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. So I was going, I remember because when I used to power lift. Uh, Everything was in pounds. And then my friend who I was going with and was kind of training me would, because we grew up in the same place, would like rounded, like converted down for me so that I could understand exactly how much I was able to lift because we did like a mock (laughs) test day um, where I was able to squat 285. No, I pushed 250. Two fifty in squat. Yeah, after, pounds or yeah, two fifty pounds. I was like, after like a. I was like, kilograms. After, <laughs> my God, dude! After a few weeks of training, right, I, was to, <laughs> I was able to push two fifty pounds after a few weeks of training. My squats were like my best thing that I could do. Arms, not so much. But okay, can I so, tell you
1: a fun fact?
0: A bit, I'll. T- you can tell me your fun fact when I tell you about my friend who was training me because I saw him squat seven plates, Glenn. So that's on each side. So that's fourteen times, times 45, forty-five. Forty-five plus four, another forty-five for the bar. Um. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I'm like watching that's almost seven hundred pounds. Watching that bar bend, and he was able to do. I yeah. think he did two in a row. Oh, it's like it's insane. But anyways, yeah, that's that's the that's the caliber of my. I was going to say that what
1: I said but like man that guy makes me like my best squat ever i think was like 415 ooh that's nice um i deadlifted around 550 uh and when i was in my big thick phases when i busted my knee up when i lived mm-hmm. in hawaii and i was like heavy lifting 8 hours a day but no cardio uh the theory we went with was high reps and high weight So I was doing like six sets of 15 at like 260 pounds on bench press. Right. So my bench press was over 250. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was nuts. But I also spent a lot of time there and I was also 275 pounds like as Mm -hmm. a person. So I was I was huge. Anyway, back to dogs. Yeah, Um, back to dogs. My parents also had a they adopted a German shepherd who was like nine months old. Um, at the time he was like 60 or 70 pounds, so pretty big, uh, but he did get bigger. He's like 105 now. Um, and he, uh, but he like lived his whole life isolated by himself with this older man. And this older man had just died while the dog was around. And so he, as soon as my parents adopted him, he just latched on to my father. And when my dad wasn't there or if he knew, so like sometimes they could trick him. They they, they have a kennel in the basement where they stay because my dad's a softy and he won't let them sleep outside right. ever, even if it's nice. It used to be it's like, oh, it's it's above freezing. Cool. They can stay outside because we had an insulated doghouse for them with a heat lamp in it and blankets. But like so now they just sleep downstairs every night. My my old puppy, Hanna and this, his name is Caliber. He's wonderful. He, uh, my favorite thing he does is he'll get a Kong, you know what a Kong is? No. Kong is a, it's a very, very, very rigid rubber toy that is hard to break, okay. even for dogs with very strong bite strengths, but it, it's it got a hole in it, so you can put, like, peanut butter or, like, treats in there, and then they have so to, like, can, work to yeah. figure out how to get them out. It's a great time saver and, like, keep them play thing for a dog. yeah. yeah. Sometimes you freeze them, like you put peanut butter in there and you freeze it inside. So they have to like, like actually work out frozen peanut butter. Anyway, he will hold a, he'll bite it and put it in his mouth. But it's like, it slightly opens up larger on one end than it does on the other. So it's like a little megaphone and he'll go, (laughs) (laughs) and then it like (laughs) megaphones it anyway. But he like to a point where he, we had two baby gates on the stairs. He busted both of them down. And then he, like, tore at a door and, like, was ripping at the wood to try and get in my dad's bedroom because that's the room that smelled the most like him. Right. Um, when they weren't there. And so, basically, anytime they left for the first, like, six months, they had to do it as quietly as possible. Otherwise, Caliper would realize that, they, that he was gone and he would tear the house up to find him. Right. Throw up, poop everywhere. Like, so sometimes yeah, that's, that's part of the thing is even if I do adopt, even if we do adopt, I want to get a puppy. Sure. I don't care to an extent what breed it is, really. I just want to get a puppy so that I can teach it
0: from the ground the way up. things yeah. are going to
1: be. You know, you know, work yeah. with it. You know, like honestly, if I had a lot of space and I was like retired and didn't do any work or anything like that, and granted, my work that I do now is unpaid, oh, you do so work. might as well be retired. <laughs> my work, yeah. Like if we, if like if my wife and I moved back to the Midwest and we bought like a hundred acre property and put a house in the middle of it. And they put up, put up nice fencing around the edge of it. I would adopt a crap ton of older dogs, Right, right. you know, because they can just, they're spaced just and I have time and to and work run. with them. Yeah. 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 You're going to be a punk. All right, I'm going to tackle you down and we'll just, we'll have a good time. <laughs> and then I will be the alpha for right. a second. You know, I'm not, I'll give you a little bite, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, I would never actually bite my dog. Though apparently some people believe that it is a way to show, uh, what is it?
0: Dominance. Dominance? Yeah. Hmm. So I, yeah, I, I, I like... read a thing about uh, you know how dogs you know lick you, and that's because they're showing like um, they're basically showing their subservience, right? Hmm. Um, which is why they get so offended when you lick them back or try to, because they don't want you mm-hmm. to stoop beneath them, because they see you above yep. them. Well, I especially that was when
1: they lick your face. Yeah. Because. When you lick a dog, if when a dog licks another dog's face, that is opening up all of their vital areas to attack their attack. Like they are completely ignoring normal defense mechanisms to show you subservience. Right. And so like my dad always used to get mad. He's like, don't let that dog lick your face. I was like, why? Because it respects me. And now the dogs look my dad's face all the time. Because.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you also, I, I feel like people also tend to get softer the older they get. And it's always my favorite thing mm-hmm. to hear stories of like um, people going home with pets and, and be like, my dad really fucking hates cats or my dad really hates dogs. And then that dog or cats like turn them into this like big old ball of mush. Because they're softy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they'll never leave that pet alone ever again. Nope. Yeah. That's exactly what my dad is. He used to like.
1: He used to be that guy that, like, I swear to God, I think he cried three times in his life. Like, like when his dad passed away, once when he thought I was wasting my life. Like, he slammed me up against my wall and he was like, you need to figure your stuff out. You know, like, I can't really replicate it mm-hmm. because it's so weird thinking about my father crying. Yeah. You know, Um, but then, like, the third time was when one of our dogs passed away and he had to Marley and me style bring her to the vet and be with her as she was put away. Like she went to sleep. And like, I still like, and then the same thing when her sister passed away. But two of the four times I've seen my dad cry were because of dogs. And like, and he used to think nothing was funny. Now he thinks the Big Bang Theory is the funniest show on TV. You know, like... (laughs) And like, the, it's not even big. Sometimes Big Bang Theory is funny. I don't. A credit where credit's due. Right, right. <laughs> but like some of the shows my dad likes, I'm like, dude, this show is like just laugh tracks. Just watch it without a laugh track and I guarantee you, you will not laugh. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, it's really funny. Super clever. And I'm like, <laughs> I think Two Broke Girls. He loved Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls has its moments though. Cad Dennings. It has oh. moments. Moments, just little moments, where they're really good, and other moments where it's like, "Oh, you tried so hard," right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, which is beyond me too, because the the oh the the actress, the comedian that wrote for that, I can't remember what her name is, but she's I've I've seen some of her comedy specials. She's really 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 funny, and she wrote for her, Two Broke Girls and a couple other shows and. When I found out the show she wrote for I was like, "Really? But you're so funny all the time. Your sets are all awesome and these shows are funny at time." I don't know anyway. I I Dogs think they're
0: great. Yeah, <laughs> I think with uh, recorded comedy it's difficult because It's because it's produced. Mm, right? And then well, I
1: think that's why shows like Friends were so successful. First two seasons were like People writing for them, and then they figured out what was good for them, and then they just let the actors go. Right. They said, this is the story you need to tell, say what you want to say, basically.
0: Yeah, because they're so produced, and so it just doesn't, like, if we're t- looking at a comedian's notes, uh, or, like, for a set, um, it's always better live. Or, like, as a, when the, the whole special's recorded or whatever, and it's on Netflix, because there's, like, a constant setup of the mood. And it feels it's like organic transitions, whereas on a show like Two Brook Girls or uh, Big Bang Theory it's like the whole episode is revolved around making those jokes. And so it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's organic. Yeah, it doesn't feel genuine. So I guess that may be why like it just doesn't translate as well, which is like with how comic book comic books wouldn't translate directly well to movies. So they have to take some liberties with adjusting things and how they showcase it, uh, like the media and the story.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, which is what I think to some extent Marvel's done quite well in being able to showcase that and transition over to the live action. But they suck when it comes to the animated, or at least they don't do as great as DC, where they do such a great job of showing uh, the stories and like translating from comic book to a live media. Well live media when it's animated but they suck ass with the live action movies because they want to pump <laughs> out a movie of the same caliber as marvel but as quick as possible and not give it the time and breathing room it needs to actually develop into something
1: yeah that's totally fair hmm. yeah i never thought about it dc's animated stuff is Generally, just better than Marvel's.
0: Like, I don't like DC, but like any of the Batman and like Joker stuff that's animated, oh. is fucking phenomenal. Mask of the
1: Phantasm, dude. That's that's like some just classically good cartoon. Phenomenal. You know? um, yeah. Or Batman Beyond. Come on. Yes. That show is like I'm still crossing my fingers that Michael Keaton is being brought in to play old Bruce Wayne in a Batman Beyond movie, live action but I'm just terrified they're going to ruin it, you know? I
0: don't know. So, um, my week. Meh. Mm. Yeah. How yeah. <laughs> um, I've been doing all right. Um, there's a couple of things happening. Uh, I know I've talked about bars before, becoming an anti-racist society. And, um, like, uh, uh, the person who hosts the show... Uh, on their channel is Snaps, She Snaps. She Snaps. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've we've been a little inconsistent to start with because there's a lot of things going on um, on her side. And so we're finally back in the groove now. We've been to this, we did our third show just yesterday as we're recording this. And we had a guy called King J on the show. Um, he is a part of the fighting community, he's a Tekken uh, content creator. Um, okay and it's getting heavy because i think the first few weeks were just kind of like figuring each each other out how we're gonna make this work and just falling into like a groove and we're finally finding that and we're going to be having rotating guests for the most part so king j was on this week and next week we've got a guy called equagon um who is a destiny content creator and that man fucking games like he's on 20 hours a day sometimes um, and consistent, what? like he's streaming every day. This man's a grinder. Um, and so we like the last so the last panel, if you want to catch the vod, it should still be up. Um, we were talking about opportunities as a black person in the gaming space um, or lack of thereof. Um, because th- there's like uh, quite literally the the lack of opportunities, screams, volumes about the agenda of some of these gaming companies. Um,
1: I didn't realize that was an issue. I didn't really think that the color of your skin mattered. Well, it shouldn't. because I guess because some well, some of the competitive scenes that I'm at least sort of involved in in watching re- pretty regularly have a reasonable amount of representation between at least right. races, <laughs> right? Not necessarily sexes but that's a different story
0: yeah. yeah um yeah you're saying that the only like or at least we were talking about the only real like diverse group of gamers in the fighting community is the smash community um and mm-hmm. so like with tekken it's not the case like he was telling us a story about how somebody was constantly like accusing him of cheating as he was coming up um and he talks about this man, Glenn, this man's a true content creator. And I'm talking like, he he has a three week old newborn and he's still on a regular basis putting out more than one YouTube video a day and also streaming every other day.
1: That's freaking intense. And as long as, you know, as long as he's not, you know sacrificing his role as a father for being a content
0: creator at the moment i think he's sacrificing i think, that's awesome. I think he's sacrificing sleep because she keeps him up as well oh um because okay. he has to be up late he's, he's not a single since, father is he uh no i don't believe so actually that okay. never came up
1: i was like if he's if he's streaming making videos and has a three-week-old <laughs> baby with uh, without a partner to help
0: him like <laughs> It's impressive Way, if he's right. balancing everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So he was, he was telling us about that. And like he was telling us about how it's commonplace because also we don't think about this if we're not people of color or in that, in that like arena because it doesn't affect us. So like a lot of us do have the privilege of not necessarily noticing it because a lot of black creators also don't want to make noise because they don't want to lose out on future opportunities because they don't want to be right. seen as troublesome. And so he was telling us mm-hmm. about how he'd ask a company for like support and like, you know, I'm using your brands I'm like, I'd love to work with you. I need some support, you know, and they'd reach out and be like, all right, what do you need? Like, I need this, this and this. And they'd be like, all right, um, sure we'll see what we can do. Then they'd message back saying like, all of that's out of stock right now. We'll send you what we can. And they'd send him that. And then they also sent him what he'd asked for initially, but. But they're like, "Hey, by the way, you got the wrong shipment. That was meant for somebody else." And but you said
1: that stuff was out of stock.
0: Exactly, and so he he sent that back, and he's like, "You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be problematic." Works. Yeah, right. Um, and things like people getting <laughs> partnerships or sponsorship deals or promotions or whatever with lower numbers than he has, and he doesn't understand it, right? Yeah. Which because. let's say they even make the argument like your numbers are inflated and you maybe don't have community engagement because that's what a lot of brands look for more than just like raw numbers, because then you have more influence because then people actually care about what you're saying. But then we creeped on all of his stuff and he has community engagement. Like he has a good community behind him. So Mm -hmm. we're, so we were kind of having this conversation like, so what's what's going on and he's like i really don't want to think that it's because of my race but then it has like what else is there i have the numbers i put out the content you know i've been nice i don't make any waves i'm consistent what else could it be and so we were talking about that and we were talking about the twitch video that they put out this past week did you happen to see that glenn that who put out the twitch on their social medias no, I don't they,
1: think I saw that.
0: They basically put out a video saying that they stand in support oh, with black lives.
1: Yeah. And it had like but there was
0: no black people in it. There were actually
1: four. Oh, yeah, but there was a lot of content. I mean, I watched the, it yeah. for like 30 seconds and I didn't remember seeing a black person.
0: There were four and I was like the fourth one that most black people also missed, or at least the people I was, we were doing the thing with last night missed because it was just um, uh, so much fair, but they were still black uh yeah so like they were like white passing a white passing black individual uh, is what i understood that's why they missed but anyways they were supposed to be like we were talking about how this is performative allyship right this is just kind of like the people making these decisions or sitting at the top aren't really diverse and so they all looked at it and they're like oh this looks good let's just ship it out and also just to be clear there's no um There's no like hatred against the creators that were featured in that video. They they had fantastic things to say, but then this was coming from a platform that's like we stand with black people, but didn't include any black people in that message. It would have been (laughs) a different video if they're like, this is how you can be an ally, and then they showcased all these other creators. Right. Yes. That. Yeah. It's quite literally that's because this is also the same. Like Twitch is so problematic did you see what they said about LGBTQIA plus? They said the G stands no. for gamer. Oh, no. Yeah. They put out like a graphic saying the uh, the G in, in LGBTQIA plus stands for gamer. Oh, no.
1: Now, the only. It's p- like, I mean, it's like when you see an old person trying to use like hip words. It's like, OK, grandpa, <laughs> you know, like i see that your heart's in the right place but my goodness it would have been not
0: it would have been a little bit better in my opinion <gasps> if they said g-a-y-m-e-r because then it's kind of like a oh, kind of yeah. like you're you're a gamer Hi, and gamer. you're gay you know so you're except you're welcome i'm like okay that's that's funny that's 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 ex- a play on words that okay. i think everybody can appreciate <laughs> right but then that wasn't like you you're just essentially like messaging and erasing an entire identity of people
1: yeah um which is like the first ones to really come out you know like <laughs> gay people in general and then that kind of led to the right the uh you know a, a, a sexual revolution of sorts where people were able to be like i'm asexual i'm not really attracted to people or i'm not physically attracted to people but i'm I, I can fall in love with anybody right you know or you know all of these different Varied feelings on human sexuality were able to spur from that, that one, right? From being gay. It's like how back in the day people were just retarded. Now we understand things about autism and this giant spectrum of how the mind works, right? And it's like time helps you understand things, but not barely for those old guys at the top of
0: Twitch. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's kind of like what we were discussing this week. And (laughs) It was, it it was a little heavy at times because we're talking about the end of the conversation was, what was the most memorable moment of racism you dealt with? And for me, Mm. um, it's being called a terrorist because I have a beard and I'm brown by my own family. Oh, Wait, your own family called you that? Yeah, by my own family, because in India, like, beards are not, at least my part of India, beards are not the move. Like, you're expected to be clean cut and shaven and, like... You know or like a goatee or like well trimmed or like a mustache is fine but not like huh. a full beard and the amount of times i've been like oh hey look what's up osama and i'm like ha, 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 you're funny funny old that's man that's a pretty common name look at you john smith white ass guy and you know so it's like that will always stand out it's like it's just so yeah demeaning to a whole group of people and also why aren't you calling all these white bearded guys wearing flannel terrorists either what's different yeah. about them and the moment you ask them that they'll be like listen because oh, they're, they're domestic <laughs> ter- they're patriots <laughs> <laughs> like you, you're talking about beards they're they've got beards right that's apparently what qualifies right yeah. it's not just the beard oh then you find out that it's also you have to be bearded and brown ah like then you find and bearded out it's and brown. The, okay it's the bb
1: okay Uh, yeah so that's i got you bb (laughs) brown boy (laughs) um so yeah that's that no that's that sucks though man i'm sorry that that's something that you had to go through you know i still have to deal with it that that happened recently
0: because i'm like i just don't i just don't like shaving like that's part of what started me growing it out it's like shaving beards make you scientifically sexier it's just real that and also like it's good for saving places like saving snacks so, you know, oh, if yeah. you a ever hungry, saver. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's <laughs> what happens when you when you start a meal with soup. You just let your stash catch it all. And then with your every bite of steak, just go just a little yep. lick off the upper lip. Just add that yeah. extra extra dash of flavor. A little, a little dash of flavor. I love it. Oh, my um, God. But beyond that, uh, I a, I launched my own solo podcast.
1: Yeah. I, I uh I you know, I'm not sure how many of our audience members have heard about it, but I've I've listened to both episodes already and I'm
0: I'm hooked. Um it is called Cultural Lenses and you can find it. Yeah, how are on, you feeling
1: about it? What's the reception like?
0: Well, I, I I want to be cautiously optimistic because first few episodes, so initial hype or whatever, but right now across both the episodes I'm sitting at uh fifty two plays combined.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's really great. Um, It is really awesome. And let's be real, too. Like, the intro song is fire. Yes. The cover art for it is awesome. Thank you. And the content is, so far, a good, simple listen because of the time frame, personally. Like, I don't need to sit here and listen for three hours every week. Right. You know? Which some people love to do a certain podcast, but I love the fact that I genuinely knew nothing about curry. Right. Now I do. Um, you know, and I don't remember all of the names of the regions or the places or the different variants of things that you put in and stuff. But I know that, that it is a much wider gamut of flavor and variety and food than what I was presented to, That what I was presented, which was effectively the British version. Right. It's a super spicy thing that smells weird. That's what I knew. Right. Um, That's that's the intent. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. So the episodes... I learned a lot. Thank you. Uh, The episodes are about 30 minutes long um, Mm -hmm. because I was worried about two things. Um, How many people would want to sit for more than about 30 minutes, let's say 15 minutes and hear me rant about something, Uh, just a personal (laughs) worry at the start. And then also like, would I be able to talk more than 30 minutes? Like realistically, how much more could I say about a subject? And so rather than have something like variable, uh, like, oh, some days it's going to be 15, some days it's going to be 45 minutes because I have so much to say. I'm like, let's make this show chaotic. I want to help people learn. I want to like just rant about things from my point of view, whether they agree with me or not is something else. But like, I just want to showcase that um, because I want to help fight ignorance, which is what started all of this. Um, As you were saying, you learned a lot about curry and seem something so trivial to learn about, but then it also helps It honestly helps me vocalize how how appropriated I feel about the word curry. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Right. And how much it sucks for me as an Indian, like, oh, you know, are you going to eat curry tonight? I'm like, yeah, like, but then curry as I go in the episode can be wet or dry and we just call everything a curry.
1: Right. I didn't know. I didn't know curry could be sweet and savory. That's crazy to me. Like. Oh, yeah. I thought it was literally just a spicy, reddish, soupy thing that smelled weird to me. Right. Because I had never had it. I still have never eaten curry. Um, but, like, listening to the episode, hearing you talk about it, like, my mouth started water. I was like, mm.
0: I don't think I covered the uh, sweeter kinds of curry too well, but there are places where they make it using a cashew gravy. So it's just naturally oh. sweet and, like, creamy. Oh,
1: that sounds really good.
0: And in in the in the gravy, there's gonna be like these these uh, either vegetable balls or meatballs, and so like they're like fried and then coated in that mm. sauce, and then we eat that with bread or with rice. Um, like there's so many variants to like, and also so many regions, and just so much so much history behind curry. I'm like, what would it? How do I explain this in twenty five minutes? 20, 20 minutes. Right. right. And so I just broke down like by country, the more popular types of curries. And then I broke down mm-hmm. like in India, what a curry could mean because it's the ing- anglicized word. Um, and I'm like, when I say a potato curry, it's not necessarily gravy based. Like my mom makes a good potato. Well, she calls that a potato fry, but it would count as a curry in our language because that's just what the translated word would be in English. Yeah. And it's like the British needed something, something that they could understand. Also, the one thing I didn't cover is that curry powder... Was just something that the was just a random spice mixture <laughs> that the Indians first sold to the British. They're like, oh, curry powder. We're going to use this and make. <laughs> and I'm like, this is curry. This is all curries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like it's going to be things like that. I wanted to be chaotic. Um, I'm going to be doing what's great about this is also it's kind of crowdfunded. I had somebody tell mm-hmm. me, um, I want to know your thoughts about Hank Azaria and Apu from The Simpsons. Oh. Yeah. So there is going to be an episode about Frank Azaria and Apu at some point. Um, Somebody was like, well, how do you feel Uh, about, um, well, what do you call travel visas? I want to know about travel visas because they don't travel a lot outside the States. I'm like, all right, I could talk about travel visas. I've traveled. I've been fortunate enough to travel in plenty parts of the world. I have an idea of how that works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's and I mean, it, what what because
1: like you just said a few things that may be on the docket here coming up. But like, is there anything that you're particularly excited about that you have planned? That you know, because obviously we want people to check this out. You know, we don't want to give them we could, we've already given them a little preview with the right. talk of curry. You know, just what you can expect. And is everything from curry to Black Lives Matter? You know, so like it really is supposed to span the gamut of different topics. But you did, I think one thing you did say in the first episode is that bars is going to take a lot of the heavier things um, off of your plate effectively so that this can just be kind of a potpourri podcast. Uh, so is it true that you are going to more often than not probably talk about lighter things that are interesting and may relate to some heavier topics, but not like focus on those since you're going to be talking about those in bars?
0: I think so, too. I I, I think so. Yes, because um, okay. I do make sure that Uh, at the start and you're going to hear that a lot more now i'm like directing attention to all the different places that i do things because
2: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm not going to say i'm above and beyond repeating myself but that bars is does a much better job of tackling black lives matter and issues like racism because we're that's what we're made for that's what the show is dedicated for and also we have a bunch more of perspectives and opinions and so there's more learning on those topics there which is why i'm like i'll leave for the most part racial issues to bars unless i'm talking about something very specific and we're going to be doing a lot of learning about india on my show i think because i don't know too much about india so i think this is going to be an exciting opportunity for me as well to learn about my roots um
1: because you moved before you were one right like i was 10 days old when we moved to saudi yeah wow okay so So you said visited, but never lived, lived there.
0: Yeah. We'd go back, go back every summer for like at most two or three months. Yeah. Um, spend my summers in India.
1: (laughs) What's his name from uh, parks and rec, except he wasn't, he wasn't even born there. He was born in I I can't remember what his name, what his character's name is. Aziz Ansari's character. Right. They're like, where are you from? He's like Kentucky. (laughs) And they're like, no, where are you from? And he's like, well, my parents are from India. I grew up here though, you know, like I'm sure that's a question you get a lot. <laughs> Where are you from? Well, I mean I and, grew up in and, Canada. yeah and, <laughs> I grew up in in UAE, whatever, like they're like, Really? United Arab Emirates, really? And you're like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you and Aziz Ansari have some nice little interesting similarities. Yeah, that.
0: with Aziz Ansari, I thought about that too because we were talking about positive representation on uh, bla- bars last night, and like just in terms mm-hmm. of like because we were talking also about representation in media and why that's important for the psyche and mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And I can the really only positive representation I can I could think of then were two: uh, Kumail Nanjiani in uh, f- his yeah. upcoming role for Eternals, um, mm-hmm. and Aziz Ansari in Master of None. Mm -hmm. Because he's very, like, he's an Americanized Indian person. And you kind of see the interesting cultural dynamics between his parents and how he has to, like, exist day to day. And it's not so harsh there because his parents are kind of chill on the show. And also in real life. Because those are his actual parents on Master Those are his actual parents, yeah. Yeah. So, like... (laughs) His dad's such a bad actor, it's so funny.
1: (laughs) But it's funny because it's genuine. Like, you know that's how he is in real life. He's just a guy. And he's a goofy guy. And he's not... Yeah, there's nothing disingenuous about him. Anyway, I apologize. I mean, no, no,
0: yeah. So that's how it's like, that's a good look into how our cultures clash between India and North American, like Indian culture and North American culture. And it's just maybe a more milder variety. But I could tell you stories about my cousins that I'm not suppo- like I shouldn't be because it's not my story to tell about how despite her growing up in New Jersey, her parents are still kind of like very harsh on like the Indian upbringing and culture, despite her not growing hmm. up as Indian like yeah like she doesn't know she's in a mixed culture essentially right yeah so yeah that's Mm. so the show is meant to be chaotic it's meant to be like just a snapshot onto like me the ranting about curry and how much it pisses me off when people just say oh do you have curry for dinner i'm like yeah i did and then they're like oh what kind of like some people know some people don't right? right uh people who've been to india would understand when i say like you know, I had when I'd say I've had this and this and you're Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, if I tell you I had a, an eggplant curry, could you like visualize having eggplant in a gravy, like spicy red thing? It's weird, right? Because yeah. that's not the yeah, only yeah. way we eat it. So it's yeah, kinda, so that's so. Um, Yeah, at some point we're going to go through like the Bhagavad Gita, which is our like main holy scripture, then the Mahabharata and the Ramayana, which are also like our other like holy books, uh, because I've never read them. And so when I, I wanted, I think this would be a nice uh, journey, I guess, because you're going to be learning at the same time I'm learning. So I'm going to be breaking it down to you in terms that I understand as well, because I also want it to be relatable. Actually, I did learn something interesting about
1: India today. Okay. Um, it was that out of the top 10 most, most famous big cat human killers, like six or seven of them are from India or surrounding areas, like, you know, uh, just like to the north and stuff, like lots of tigers Yeah, just killing people. I had no idea that it was so prevalent there. Um, I was like, surely it's all just big cats in Africa, right? No, no, no. Tigers are mean, apparently. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I want to say I feel like in Africa there's a... Like, I could be talking about my ass here, so if anybody has any corrections and you're listening, just please, like, angrily tweet me. But I feel like, (laughs) to some extent and I'm just assuming here that Africa has maybe a more general respect for animals. I think there's a lot
1: more space too. And a lot more space. And Indians are just
0: so used to like going in and taking when they want and what they want, especially when they're out like expanding out in the countryside or whatever. And maybe that pisses people like the animals off. Um, I don't necessarily know why that's the case, but also i think from maybe a topic for the show maybe but also big cat killers I, actually look at that. I have to make i have to make a note of that um but also i can tell you i just thought
1: it was very interesting i was like man, it was scary mike
0: um that the that geographical history shows us that india was a part of the african continent oh yeah So India was a part of the African continent before it split off and joined the Asian continent, became the Asian subcontinent. Pangaea? When it was still as Pangaea, yeah. Pangaea, yeah. Um, So, which is why there's so many similarities in flora and fauna sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, the one thing I didn't go over the show, which I thought was interesting, is India is the um, pepper is native to India all pepper uh, like bell like, peppers, like bl- jalapenos no, like black pepper oh yeah really i didn't know that like india's got the, like the largest black pepper plantations in the world or something do you like pepper i don't like pepper <laughs> see i don't i don't like pepper at all like people love that's, pepper. my family Gordon ramsay would slap people, you like, in the face like, with pepper
1: he was like yeah put pepper on your macaroni and cheese and i'm like why would you ruin it <laughs> like, <laughs> Um <laughs> that's all I feel about it, unfortunately.
0: But yeah, that's cultural lenses if you feel so yeah. um uh so prompted, inclined, I inclined think, to check. I it can out.
1: A, five stars will listen again.
0: I appreciate it. You can find it on <laughs> I'll tell you right now Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Breaker. What the fuck breaker is, I have no idea. But it's on Anchor. So if you feel so inclined, that's where you can find it. Um but we are a video game podcast, Glenn. What? Yeah.
1: Who is video game? Us. We is video games. Apparently. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, I guess we should talk about what we've been playing then. I don't think you and I played any of <laughs> same games this week, so that'll be nice to just hear about different things from each other, I think. be good. What did you play? What, what, what games were you rocking out this week?
0: Glenn, I'm back on Destiny and I hate it.
1: I know. I tried to get you to play games <laughs> with me the other night and you were like, sorry man i gotta do some grinding and i said what and you said destiny and i said oh no
0: yeah um it's because oh, no. <laughs> um i think i think i might have mentioned it but because the new fomo a part of it is fomo but also like the new season's <laughs> coming out in september like the new expansion and things okay. are changing like story-wise and they're adding a bunch of things as well um they're also doing something called the destiny content vault which is they're like listen We've realized that there's just too many things for us to like maintain and service in the game right now. So come September, we're retiring a bunch of places and a bunch of activities Um, or maybe more destinations and activities related to those destinations. So, Is
1: the moon one of those?
0: No, the moon is more recent. So it's going to be part from uh, things from the base game. So I believe it's Mars, Mercury, Nessus and Titan so the are all going to no longer be accessible yes so they're giving you um they're giving us until like september 25th i think it was or 24th that the expansion drops um to like grind out all the things in those areas that you want okay Um and Moments of Triumph launched, which is their yearly like end-of-the-year cycle uh thing where you do activities, you get a code to order the t-shirt, and that shows that you participated like this year of destiny. Um and so they did the thing where five of the raids that are going away. Uh, which is being retired because they're tied to a destination, a planetary destination. If you do all five of those raids in this time, you get access to a specific raid emblem. And also you get a discount code for a raid ring, which has the Destiny Raid logo on it
1: um what are what raids are those because i might if they're older ones i may have actually done them already so maybe i could do them with you (laughs) yeah
0: um (laughs) get a
1: ring because that'd be kind of cool 100 percent
0: yeah it's uh and they're also pretty easy raids too so if you wanted to try and bump yourself up a little bit and play for a little bit so it's the leviathan raids um Uh leviathan spire of stars eater of worlds uh scourge of the past and there was one more i can't fucking remember um Yeah, there was one more raid that's going away. Yeah, anyways, uh, it's all of the Leviathan raids and Scourge of the Past, which is the Earth raid. I actually don't know if that's going away. I don't know if Earth's going away. I'd have to look into it. But um, yeah, there's a Mm. bunch of raids to do. And then it's just quests on a backlog that I've had now for months. So like because I haven't been playing frequently and even if I do play, I'm only playing PvP. I've not been doing any PvE. Now that I'm on, I'm actually having fun.
2: Oh, because
0: I'm active. Fun in Destiny? I don't know what that is, but I'm actively working towards things that <laughs> I have a backlog kidding. of. <laughs> and so I really do think it's one of the more well designed
1: games in the last decade. It's just, it's just, it's it's just a small little a game from problems. a multi million dollar yeah. indie studio. I don't know. I, I feel like it's good though. I like, I don't know. I've always liked Destiny. I think the music's great. I like the stories, I like the characters.
0: Putting aside my issues with the gameplay and weapon balancing, story, art, um, music. Oh, my mm-hmm. fucking God. Like, they knock it oh, out of yeah. the park every single time. just a home run after home run when you hear Nathan that soundtrack. Nathan Fillion!
1: Nathan
0: Fillion! Nathan, he's Miss Cade. He's no longer with us. Well, I, I think they couldn't afford Who? to keep him around. Uh, he what? Nathan Fillion's character, Cade. What about Cade? um Nathan Fillion's character Cade uh they couldn't <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> they they have well first of all they had to replace him with Nolan North um because they couldn't afford yeah because he's cheaper well he was already Nolan
1: North is like the most famous voice actor in the world he's
0: already doing voice like work for them so I think they're like you're already doing this we'll just W up on work to do and maybe they drop Nathan Fillion i think that might have been the
1: case so weird i hope that's the case because i'm pretty sure nolan was more expensive than nathan because
0: he does uh nolan North does the voice for the ghost um yes and before after, it was peter dinklage Dinkelbot,
1: Dinkelbot, yeah.
0: I, I, I honestly miss peter dinklage but nolan North does a fantastic job as well. yeah. yeah um but Nolan Art did a very good job trying to replicate Cade's intonations and the way he spoke, so that was great. But, I mean, it was also going to die, so it's not like he had to do a lot of work for, for him. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, like, it's getting interesting. Story's getting interesting. The way they're trying to keep you engaged with the story week to week is a lot better than it has been before. And the new systems okay. and how you can customize your loot and look for something specific is much better. So right now, PvE is a great spot. PvP is... Shaky, but yeah, it's in- and what is the
1: reason for that? That, in your opinion,
0: um, it's a mixture of a uh, lack of proper weapon balancing, um, lack of proper exotic balancing, lack of proper subclass balancing, and also a lack of proper anti cheat. Like cheaters are rampant in some like botting and stuff. Oh yeah. Really? It's rampant and like be a
1: that feels like it'd be a primary focus since people are pretty competitive about that. And there's a lot of in game things you can get from yep. doing that.
0: I will not speak for Bungie because especially right now, I I don't want to speak about what they failed to do before because I don't know enough. And right now I don't want to say anything too harsh because they're having to they're doing a fantastic job already maintaining the game from home. Where they don't have access mm-hmm. to their servers and they're doing their best to do things remotely. So, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like, we're just going to have to wait and see. As it's always been the case, wait and see and then get disappointed. <laughs> um, you never know, man. Someday one of
1: these gaming studios may just listen to their fans and, you know, right. um, release.
0: Beyond that, like beyond like the issues with the actual gameplay, like I've said, art, music. Um, characters, story, lore, they knock it out of the park. And also as people and as a studio, like I really love Bungie for, you Uh, know. Is there anybody particularly? No, just every Because we've seen, we've seen people from like our community managers, uh, uh, DMG04 and, um, uh, that's one of him. cosmos the other one we've seen them talk about vocally publicly about black lives matters and a whole bunch of other things and pete parsons the ceo of bungie was out in the streets in seattle during the protest oh, like they're out participating good. the last time they did their last stream they opened the stream with eight minutes and 45 47 seconds uh of of silence just oh, like a for timer Boyd. counting yep. down yeah and like messages yep. going on about why it's important what's going on this is unacceptable and then it showed links of things you can places you can go donate, sign like places of action. Um, yeah. And like they're, they're not afraid of that. Like they've got, you know, sure, it, it might seem I don't know how you might feel about this, but like they sell they're selling, you know, their bungee logo, which is a fist with holding a lightning bolt um, that they've had since the Halo days. Uh, they put out a pin of that, but with a black hand. And so they put out a Black, oh, Lives, Black Lives Matter thing, emblem where they said the proceeds are going to these uh, foundations. Um, and you buy this pin, you also yeah. get an emblem in game. Um, they've done that for they've they have a Pride pin that's similar. Um, awesome. They have something similar for their own foundation, Bungie Foundation, that uh, like aims towards helping kids and like they're active in so many other parts of like either the local community and otherwise that. I Like, that's, I think, part of why, as a studio, they're so great that I can't break myself off from the game itself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Despite imbalancing issues, you appreciate them on a more intrinsic level as people. Yes. And the things they stand for. That's really cool. That's, I mean, that's, honestly, to me, that's more important than a good game, if you ask me. A good game with a bunch of terrible people behind it making crap tons of money? Right. Nah. You know? Give me a game that I can get behind and be a little frustrated with for certain reasons, but have people that care about people. That's actually really awesome. I had no idea. I knew that he had told me he was out, prote- you know, he was out protesting with people in Seattle, but like, I had no idea that they had these things, you know, where it's like it's a traceable, trackable thing where you can say I gave money to this, I got this pin, and I can see what they're doing right. with that money to help them, you know, help these, you know, uh, these smaller people groups who are being marginalized. So that's really awesome. That actually makes me like, uh
0: maybe I might be a bigger fan of
1: Destiny than I thought, because I you knew that I played the game and I enjoyed right. the game, but man, that's that's awesome.
0: That's yeah, that's I I love Bungie. Uh which sucks mm. because it just keeps me in this never-ending loop of wanting to play this game that is questionable at times in terms of my fun experience, but then it's still you know, I'll never get away. Like they've hold held onto my heart since twenty fifteen, and it's never it's that that grip is never gonna let go. But well, but that's maybe Destiny. we'll just
1: play some Destiny this evening. You know, maybe. Um, but get some get some raids going.
0: What what have <laughs> you played this week, Glenn?
1: Uh, this week it's been a lot of uh, not lot. It's been a lot of a Rams in. In League of Legends, um, I actually may have set up a time because I really do enjoy playing League of Legends, but it's one of those things where it's like a game where as a Twitch streamer, like it's too big for me to get a consistent audience with because I'm not. You either need to be like really attractive or really good. And I'm like marginally good looking and not great at the game. (laughs) And so like not a great combo. It's one of those things where I, I just had to st- I just have to go all right, I can't do this. It's not going to help grow my community. Um but recently, um uh, one of the people that I rated who uh, I think she she streams two or three days a week, but she's a really pretty girl and she's very fun and she's put out, puts out good content and she almost always is streaming League of Legends, whether it's TFTA, Rams, you know, ranked and stuff. Um but she's really great and uh she has rated me back a couple times and we, I asked her one day, I was like, hey, do you want to do like a, like a co-stream thing where we both, do, we were going to stream at the same time, you know, obviously, you know, you may have more people and that was very true because she rated me when she ended a little earlier than me uh, with like 13 or 14 people and I had like five or six. Right. So like, uh, you know, like she doing the same stream at the same time with the same people, she was able to get three and a half times my audience. And that's a microcosm what we struggled with, but like it still did, uh, g- you know, net me people that I enjoyed having in my chat, having to game with. Um, and so I think weekly we're going to set up a, we decided we're going to call it ranked Fridays. Okay. And we're just going to play or duo, duo Fridays. And we're just, her and I are going to go in and duo nice. every Friday for like four or five hours. Um, so I can hopefully have a League of Legends stream once a week again, uh, which would be really cool. Uh, but arams, which all random, all all random, all middle, yeah. I think is what aram stands for. Those are the only I, league games all... that I've
0: played. Like, yeah, and I, other than TFT, I, I, TFT is still league. Well, well, what I mean is, like, in terms of like a regular league game, m- like a regular game of league, those are the only ones that I've ever played, and they were acceptable. Yeah, because it's just nobody knows what they're doing. I you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was only one time where i was i honestly had fun and it was with this lady i can't remember wh- what her name was but she grows plants hey, Was not with shit. me no it, like the character Glad oh, the oh zyra zyra zyra
1: yeah. zyra zyra yes because i for some reason zyra i don't know what it is cool. like
0: her abilities like instantly clicked for me and i'm like oh i could do th- all right cool cool done 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 i can play and this, i was yeah. like i actually finished mid table i think that game i don't know if we won or lost oh, nice. but i had fun
1: yeah and you didn't yeah you didn't get wrecked on which is always fun that's my favorite thing is finding a champ that I never would have played otherwise. Right. And like just trying them out and enjoying what happened with them. Yeah, maybe you'd be an awesome support. Play bot lane with me someday. I'm fucking
0: sick and tired of risk- being a support, Glenn. I am. She's I am, a support champion. I was playing very aggro with her though. <laughs> and I was doing pretty okay. Yeah, but, I mean, um, that's fair.
1: I, I just. But she is. Uh, you could play her mid maybe. Maybe. Like it's just. Maybe.
0: I'm so tired. This is me from all my days of Overwatch. I'm so tired of being support because I am an Anna Mercy main because motherfuckers are stupid. Like, like, we have the Genji.
1: You go in, I got to follow you. (laughs) Like, we have
0: the Genji, like, balls deep in the enemy spawn, complaining about needing healing and then yelling at me when I can't even see him through 6,000 walls. What am I supposed to do, bro? Like, I'm not going to run at you. That's a death sentence for me. You know, find out where the health packs are in your area. Um, oh my god! <laughs> so it's just I. So any game I play now, I try to actively avoid playing support, just because it's I, just
1: ironic to me that you don't want to play support, but the one champion you liked
0: playing in league is like ninety five percent of the time support champion. Because I'm so because I'm so good at <laughs> you play, can't get like, away from it. I'm so good at playing support, Glenn. Like I'm just inherently good. But she is.
1: For whatever it is, she is a hyper aggressive support because a lot of supports will have like healing or shielding or no, something she's like built into their kid, and like She's
0: like stalling and damage. Yeah.
1: Like she wants to push
0: the lane. I think lane, that's why like know? I wouldn't and, mind playing her because it's I I'm not I'm not reduced to just being a healer. Right. Sit
1: and heal, sit and heal, sit and heal. Which, like, being a when I'm playing with certain D&D. people,
0: I will say, with in Overwatch, playing with certain people, um, my friend Coma, he was a Rhineman. Me and him have a very like strong understanding how of how we each play without having to communicate so when somebody like anna can put people to sleep so when somebody dives mm-hmm. me to try and kill me i'll put them to sleep and i wouldn't even have to say anything because he's standing right there watching my back i'll turn around and he's already charging them and pinning them into the wall and killing them and so like i just oh, yeah. i just we're, we're butt buddies i just stick with him and he sticks with me and then butt buddies You're what butt buddies our butts are like to each other back to back butt buddies He swing- you know that is a common vernacular for something else i understand <laughs> i understand, I understand that. <laughs> okay good um <laughs> i just wanted to make sure um yeah so like there are moments where i have fun playing support but i don't have fun playing support yeah. with other people except for him because i enjoy healing for him yeah because when he heals when i heal him and i know that i can heal him and i focus on him the team wins and so he knows right. that he has to turn around and also protect his support because all of our right. offense are like fucking miles away doing whatever they want. And then when somebody dies, let's go. Yeah. And then somebody dies me and I die and they're not getting healed. And like, where's the fucking heal? I'm like, I'm, I'm dead. Well, don't die. I'm like, well, yeah. that's not my job.
1: <laughs> no. Well, I think that's maybe why you might like the support role in League of Legends right. more because of the fact that effectively you get to be somebody's as you said butt buddy where you are in a lane together working together and so if you can find somebody that you jive with in that role like there's plenty of like aggressive supports you can play that scale really well into the late game right like yeah i think you would i think you would enjoy it just because it's not it's not a support role in a moba is not it doesn't have to be like a support role in a shooter Right, cool, I, I think... I Because think there are champions like, you know, Janna and Nami. They're right. just like, I heal you, I heal you. You're faster, you're faster. Now, you know, my ult, what does it do? It knocks people in the air. <laughs> you know, like, that's neat, but can I be... I'd like, like to do something. <laughs> Senna? Oh my god, Senna? She has this, like, she is a character who was recently introduced who is the wife of one of the other ADCs in the bot lane. Okay. And she's ADC support, uh, but she has this long range gun that basically, as you kill minions and as you get kills on champions, she gets more like just free crit percentage on a chance to hit. So, like her, and once you, and and you can build items into that crit chance. And once you hit 100% crit, which means you're critting literally every single time you hit, then it starts to turn into lifesteal. And the higher your crit, the longer your range. So she's got this dope ass gun that's basically by late game, by level 15 or 16, is like a two thirds length map wide ult that just shoots across the map, deals massive damage in a huge line. And if allies are in that line, they get healed. So you can heal people, you can kill people, and it's an execute. So if they're farther away, it does inherently more damage. And when you're scaling, because um a lot of her abilities will also be based off of the amount of hit points and stuff like that and as you level you get inherently more attack damage and hit points and stuff like that so she scales really well so she's an awesome and she has an ability to shoot this like like oh i can't describe it very well it's like like soul fingers okay it's a weird way to say it but it looks like a hand creeping on the ground at an enemy and if it makes contact it roots them in place after a certain amount of time, but it's an area root. So if it hits them and an ally accidentally gets too close, it will root both of them. And then you can just pop your ult off. And if your ADC is in front of you, you heal them and then deal a shit ton of damage to them while you've also rooted them. <laughs> She's really cool. Anyway, I think you might like Senna. But she, she was... It's cool because lore-wise, there's a character called Thresh who yeah. has a soul lantern because he collects souls. His... Lantern was broken at one point by Lucian, who thought his wife had been killed by Thresh, and when the soul started pouring out, Senna came out, and my I got goosebumps because it's fucking cool. Anyway, did you see the fan? Yeah, her eyes are all green now, and she's like soul powered and stuff. There's a fan
0: theory about Rays from Valorant uh, being the sister of Jinx. Raze? Yes. That's what people call me on stream. Oh.
1: No, Jinx's sister, uh, I think it was actually revealed who Jinx's sister was.
0: Because they were saying something Uh, about um, Jinx saying something about her sister being crazier than she is? Vi? Yeah, it's Vi. Mm -hmm.
1: Technically, it's, yeah. You think I'm crazy, you should see my sister. Yeah, that's... Jinx was
0: my main for a while. (laughs) My main (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did actually play some TFT this week. I won. Oh, yeah. I ugh. shut up. Don't say
1: you won. I can't win a game for the life of me in TFT, and I'm gold, too. No, no. Sorcerers don't work. They do. I guess. Yeah. What? What's your rank, though? What,
0: what rank are you? I'm not playing comp. I'm not playing ranked. Oh, you're just playing norms. Yeah, yeah, I'm just playing norms. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not about to like, I'm not about to dive into that. That's not something I want (sighs) to because it's going to be one of those things where the moment it's Pandora's box, Glenn. The moment I open that up, I'm never going to stop. Can't close it. No, so like I'm just going to keep it sealed until the day depression hits. (laughs) Yeah, joke.
1: And then you can jump (laughs) right into it.
0: Well, Um, I'm at rock bottom. Can't get worse. Let's go. um, No, like it's interesting how rapidly even with the same set the meta changes because i'm using i I talked about how i was using something called uh tf tactics from overwolf and they Mm -hmm. have like like when you load up the app it shows you what the current comps are um and it's just it's changing so much and it tells you like strategies as well like a fast eight strategy is to be level eight by four three so that you're getting more access, like you're getting access to like five, you know, gold star uh, champions. That's a little that's a little easier to do in like a denser a,
1: a super, uh, a large galaxy where you have more health or something right. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but like it, it lists out those things like this is how you're going to do it and it'll show you what the comp is. It'll show you what the early comp is. It'll show you what the positioning is and it'll also say these are viable replacements if you can't get enough copies of these heroes. And so I'm kind of like... See, that's stuff that I have never done. Um <laughs> I'm loosely building off that only because like it's just so much and I don't know the champions and there's a lot it just makes it easier to like know which ones I'm looking for right off the bat yeah and so I try some yeah. of them and I'm, I like go down the list and I'm like all right let's because it has s rank comps. And then I start with, like, the A-rank comps and I go up. Let's see which ones are silly. There's Brawler Blaster, uh, Rebel Blaster, things like Always that. that's good. So just messing around with things. Like, I really like the mech comps because it's so stupid. Yeah. It's mech just, infiltrator. It's yeah. just so stupid. Why Why is that a thing? I don't understand why the mech is a thing, but it is.
1: Well, it. the funny thing is, you know how, Matt, when the mech dies now, it everyone that comes out has a third of their yeah. normal, their natural health. Before, it used to be the opposite. Uh, they would come out all three with full health. Do you know how many but games I've ironically won?
0: Enough, with just like ironically those last enough, three?
1: they've... Well, they hella, buffed, they hella buffed the mech for this pitch. And so the the mech is way stronger. So that way, when the people do come out, there's a chance that you can beat it. Because before, it was like the mech was not that strong. It was strong, but it's not as strong as it is now. So you almost had to plan on your mech being destroyed to make the comp work because you needed, you know, fizzes, you know, CC or whatever to do what you needed to do. Also, it used to be because I think now, too, the mechs, if I remember right, they don't actually pull Rumble into the mech combo anymore. It does. It does? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm crazy. I mean, okay. unless
0: maybe whoever, if you'd seen that, they maybe, maybe had another copy of... Uh rumble or something or they were
1: in a pbr or something because i know that most of the times i'm watching like scar and Disguised toast and some of those guys they're on pbrs so
0: like and it does say that it play testing the next stuff it pulls three random mech pilots so if you have yeah, more so than you technically yeah. if you have more than three there is a chance
1: that mm-hmm. i did see scar do that once he had two silver rumbles when he was building towards a gold rumble and he just had an extra rumble right. in there because he also had a gold Ziggs. So he had demolitionist. Right. And then he swapped Ziggs out eventually for uh, uh, Gangplank.
0: Yeah. Um, so there was. Um, so one of the cops that I won with, which was stupid, I was just following the guide. Like the thing just as it was Riven and Annie up front. Um, oh, yeah. And Zoe twisted fate um victor Jenna, um San Asindra. i also hate that i'm remembering these names i really do did you have star guardian too then yeah so it was it was six sorcerer one paragon bronze star guardian bronze chrono and bronze something else bronze mystic
1: wow
0: bronze mystic i think so oh, yeah
1: yeah or celestial yeah, either or i can't uh... remember
0: if you had, I'm trying to think because like ooh, maybe you had a gold Ari. Did you have Lulu? F- no, no Lulu. it's it. it I, I'll pull it up right now. But there was no Lulu in that comp. um It's like because Lulu is celestial and mystic. So is so le- like, Lulu is also stupid in some comps. Once you get that far Oh enough. yeah. If you get a good comp with Lulu and Janna at like silver, it's just it's just fucking close you- quarter like co- control, like crowd control at the wazoo. It's just insane. Yeah. um or Urgot. Oh my god, I
1: saw somebody with a gold Urgot and he had double Shojin's uh double shojin's blue buff. So he just like stood there and it was like, oh no, he had Shojin, rapid fire cannon, blue buff. And he had Star Guardian Sorcerer. So basically he all he did was just have Urgot in the corner and he would like shoot his thing immediately. Kill one, shoot it again, kill one, shoot it again because the Star Guardians were f- for causing his mana to regenerate so quickly that he never had to move. He just killed like seven units straight out. And against mech pilot, that is disgusting. Yep. Because you just kill the mech
0: immediately. Yep. It's just dead. Um anyway. It's it's crazy because. Yeah, it's just insane. Uh go I like Ari slaps. Like Ari fucks oh, yeah. hard when you can get her up to level. Because I was I'm starting to understand also the difference between um physical damage magical damage and true damage and ari is just mm-hmm. all true damage once she gets up to level with the right items it's just all true damage mm-hmm. and then once you get Jenna on with the paragon trade it's just all true damage like yeah. they, they can't Before, wait what does paragon do um uh, i think it converts um
1: um let's see don't tell me it converts all magic damage from your whole team into true damage because if that's the case that's why it transitions so well and i had no idea
0: uh, sorcerers paragon all star guardian basic attacks are converted to true damage all other ally basic attacks are converted to magic damage so even like a fucking
1: mech is going to be doing magic damage yes. instead of physical and if you make the mech star guardian yeah oh. Yeah, yeah oh come on <laughs>
0: Glenn, get TS
1: tactics. I need to. <laughs> That's part of the problem. It's like I'm like you. I don't I don't want to know everything. I just want to play the game. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want to play so the like game. Having something like that would be nice.
0: And you know, I like don't want to necessarily like go like as the meta dictates, but then I also want to know what's working and what could I even like right. work around and try to make something interesting of.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: then when you're also like me and you don't like losing and you're competitive, like, well. Fine, I'm gonna use <laughs> because that's what's working, and I want to see how I can do. And it's unfortunate, also. I think part of why I don't want to go ranked is how much RNG plays such a big role in 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 the in when you're buying champions in terms of getting. I dupes. don't
1: think that's true. I don't think that that's a thing
0: because
1: good players will adjust their compositions to the items that they get
0: which was going to be my next thing like good players will recognize almost instantly what champions will replace or fill the void if they notice that they're getting more duplicates of them i'm not that player (laughs) right so and that's fair so for me so then i guess it would be more fair to say for somebody casual like me not getting dupes is a pain in the ass
1: right but Granted, I mean, I have seen... I've seen compositions that just work really well and the items are really, really well catered towards it. Right. And, you know, like, at, you know, at level nine, the guy's still running four bronze characters with no duplicates. It's just because it works well, you know? And then as soon as he gets to nine, he or she gets to nine, then they go in and they just roll down like crazy so they can get duplicates. Um, Or they replace them with higher level versions. Like, if you're running um, a a cybernetic uh cybernetic Blade master composition or a cybernetic Blade master chrono comp which is I, th- I think a really strong one still um then you and and you know you have what's her face uh fiora all right i've got a silver fiora well i'm gonna sell every other fiora i get or see because as soon as i get uh Aurelia, i don't have to touch her again right i can just sell that and that that one that bronze Aurelia is gonna out out DPS to Fiora every single time. Um, and then if it's like, you know, and there's two Chrono Blade Masters that fit right into that comp. So you can naturally get Chrono without having to add someone like Blitzer. Um uh, you know, that's oh my gosh, who's the sniper? Uh Caitlin. Uh Kate. Caitlin, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to add blitzer or Kate. Caitlin's my composition. Girl. You just have like caitlin's pretty great early on i think but out of the snipers though Jin is better
0: oh so much better um yeah no like caitlin early on i think i had one game where i almost won with a gold star caitlin by like round three and i was like oh caitlin's my girl she's like cemented herself in my heart three i got really lucky i got really lucky and she was doing majority of my damage for so long yeah and then i was just getting dicked on because i didn't understand the rest of this was early on when i was playing tft i was kind of like oh just stack these people and which is still kind of like how i'm approaching it but i think because i didn't know as much then i was more successful i feel like despite not getting wins because i'm like oh it's just it's like a puzzle just mix and match and put them together and see what happens
1: yeah i have seen those cool programs that give you the ability to like play test compositions too and positioning and stuff like yeah. that and i think that's also really interesting and something i'd like to try out because I will be real, somebody that I know knows somebody at Riot who was looking for streamers who are interested in, you know, like, being good content creators. And I was like, I mean, yes. Hmm. (laughs) So they were were waiting for the time that, you know, uh, uh, that COVID is less of a problem and meeting with somebody is not something that may put somebody in potential danger But that may be coming in the near future and I may be doing a lot more. And if I do, I'll be like, hey, there's this other guy who's this wonderful representation of diversity in the community. And he's also a fan, but I'm sure he'd be a much bigger fan if you paid him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he likes destiny a lot but i'm sure he'll set that aside if you give him money
0: <laughs> give me money um but yeah that's uh, sorry i didn't mean to hijack you talking about leak but like tft it's just insane how much i yeah. got wrapped up into it a little bit
1: <laughs> it's fun yeah even norms especially it's like especially if it's in norms it's like if you buy the galaxy pass or whatever it's like what 10 bucks you get points and progression for norms yeah so you know, if I'm frustrated and I'm having a bad day and I just want to I've only got my phone in front of me and I don't want to play ranked, I don't have to worry about that because I'm still getting progression. Um, cool. I'm glad you like it, though. That makes me happy, even if it's just a little bit because we have such varying game tastes between each other that it's nice to find commonality right. in gaming. <laughs> um, what else have I played this week? Oh, wow, Classic. Uh, we got an announcement for Onkaraj. Okay, uh, Phase Five is coming out July 28th. I believe is the release nice. date. Um, it's cool. It's very cool, and it came at a good time. My my, I'm a part of the second raiding group of a pretty decently sized guild, and we two weeks ago it took us two hours and 45 minutes with about seven or eight wipes on Blackwing Lair, which is something that's been out for two months, two and a half months, which is really bad. Um, and then we were like, all right, let's focus up. Apparently the healers and the officers met to talk about tank assignments and healing and healing assignments. And because that's apparently all that really matters, like the melee DPS can only do so much um, if we can't sustain the group through bosses then we can't win. Um, so we did it this week. In an hour and two minutes. Nice. Um, so a significant improvement. Um, we'll see because Darkmoon Fair was around, and Darkmoon Fair is notorious for increasing speed runs because it gives for the melee. It's like a ten percent damage boost. It's crazy. Right. Um, like I went in with Darkmoon Fair and no other world buffs, and I still finished like top seven. Dam overall damage in the raid, and these other guys had every buff on the books. You know, and so feels good. It felt good, but like, yeah, so I was like, all right, we'll see if we can replicate it this week. Because this week we're actually moving to doing both Blackwing Lair and Molten Core in the same night. Okay. So uh, if we have another bad BWL, then that's not happening. Uh, Mostly because a lot of our people, like probably about half of our raid is in other time zones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know why they signed up for our server because our server is on West Coast time. But so we we have a huge group of Chileans in our group that are just the coolest dudes. Interesting. Okay. Um, they're really awesome. We actually got them all to... I, I was part of recruiting them over when our old guild uh, fell out, and I was like, now, you guys gotta come with us, because you guys are great.
0: Don't want to assume, but I uh-huh. don't know anything about Chile. Not a lot. huh. But is there, like, a language barrier issue? Yes, with some of them, yeah. Okay. Some of them don't talk.
1: Um, one of them is the hunter class lead, though. So... Um, For the most part, he's fine. It's just his mic quality is not awesome. Okay. But that's the biggest thing. Like, But, like, yeah, like, when Need Not Greed fell apart, they, like, they, like, they were torn up about it. They really, really, you know, were scared that we were all going to be kind of like, you know, when kids have a bad home situation and they hold on to it because they don't want to be separated from their siblings. That's, like, effectively what we are, our, our, uh, um our situation was it was like i just you know i don't want to lose these people that i've gained such good community with uh but yeah so we we're doing that i'm excited about it there's because like when uh zulgurub came out there is a zulgurub is a little mini raid that came out it's like phase four and a half uh and uh this one has on 40 and 20 it's like the ruins of Onkaraj, and then Onkaraj full Encourage or whatever it is. Thank okay. you. And so there's like a mini raid and a big raid. And the mini raid is similarly another catch up raid where people can come in late and get good gear without having to run through all of the previous content. And there's still some best in slot stuff in other raids. It's a. Uh, Ironically enough, that's where I'm at, where I still need stuff from the first big, not Anexia, but I need stuff from Molten Core. But yeah, so I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, our other raiding group finished Blackwing Lair in 29 minutes. And the world record is about 21 or 22
0: minutes. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so our main our main raid group, which is ironic because a bunch of our, like, better parsing players took care, in, when we came into Spectra, they didn't stay with our raiding group. They went, I want to be with the main raiding group, and they have spots open, so I'm going over there. Now, so they took some of our better warriors, they took some of our better, not all of them, but some of our better players over there, and now they're clearing, you know, they clear both molten core and blackwing Lair, even before their 20 or their 29 minute speed run in less than two hours both of them easy
0: now this is a question i had in general and i just never wanted to ask because honestly it seemed complicated and i don't care about wow that much but what does parsing mean
1: (laughs) parsing is simply a it's like a grading scale okay that's all it is uh based on each each week you could actually like i could parse and have better numbers uh, but that week, something like Dark Moon Fair might be out. So everybody's doing better. So my better numbers may not always lead to a better parse. It's just pr- it's a percentile scale of how well you're doing at your job, whether or not that's okay. damage per second, heals per second, um, those sort of things.
0: Um, and to so use that as a way, uh, I guess I'm going to put this harshly here, but they use that as a way to essentially gatekeep the raid comps?
1: Um, A little bit. Um, yeah. For some of the really sweaty guilds, yeah. Okay. Because, uh, like, the sweatier guilds will have... Um, yeah, not necessarily aimed at your guild, like, but... They'll have, like, 30 warriors. It's a 40-man raiding guild, and they'll have 30 warriors and 10 healers. Okay. And that's it. And, like, but we have hunters, we have we have feral druids, we have um mages... <laughs> We have actual ranged DPS, you know, and so but the sweatiest, fastest run clears are almost all melee damage because melee damage has the highest potential and the highest ceiling. Um, So but usually they'll still include like a melee hunter and a melee feral druid because they have buffs that allow you to like feral druids have a thing called leader of the pack. So everybody in their group will get a three percent bonus to crit. Okay. which is crazy. Or uh, the hunters give. Uh, true shot aura which gives them 100 attack power which makes your white hits just slap a little harder so yeah yeah it's a little bit of a gatekeeping thing but it's also um for me it's only if for me it's a thing where I'm like alright I'm contributing I don't need to parse like really well but if I look at my parsing numbers I think because like I I'm only worried about because what a lot of people will do is they don't care about their overall parsing stuff because they'll you you know somebody logged that parse or logged that that raid for you five months ago when you were still running all pre bis bis you know what bis means right best in slot yes so all pre bis blues so they're the best blues you can get before raids came out. Um, and so you parse like 30% 30th percentile so nobody really looks at the average parsing what they do is they look at that the average best the, the, so they'll look at your best one and then that of that raid what is your average between your best scores so each week cuz it's almost impossible to parse 99 or 100 on every boss every week so you'll just be like all right this week i'm going to focus on this boss and try and get my best parse and so that way your average looks really good between your best parses. Um, so I think my goal was always to finish between 80 and 90th percentile because I felt like that would be... Uh, that's It proves that I'm pulling my weight. Right, I'm not the best in the world, but I'm better than not, you know 90% or Makes 85% sense. of all other warriors because that's still a feat in and of itself. And so I'm looking at right now, like, my best parse average on Blackwing Lair is 87%, and Molten Core is 87.9%. So, like, I'm top-ish, you know, top 10-15% to of all Warriors when it comes to this stuff, and that's without being sweaty. That's, like, almost zero sweat. Like, I have made every single raid every single week, and that is true, but I've not always come fully buffed. I always bring my consumables, but I don't always have the world buffs that, you know, a lot of these other guys have, right. so.
0: Because you don't yeah. live and breathe well like some of them do. I And I did for a while. Yeah. I
1: did for a while. There was a time when I probably played 8 to 10 hours a day for several months, you know, so. But, you know, in that way, I think I've told you guys about this, uh, but, like, I, I've made some actual real-life friends, which is cool. Some people that live in Los Angeles are in my guild, and I've met up with them since... Things have you know, when things got a little more chill and we we had a, a get together and got to meet each other, which was really nice to meet, you know, people and become friends. Uh but other than while WoW, I played a little Animal Crossing. If anybody has decent turnip prices, please let me know <laughs> because my turnips go bad. Oh no, by the time this comes out, the turnips will have already gone bad. I've got three hundred and fifty thousand oh, bells worth I'll, of turnips. I'll, I'll check
0: for you, pal. Oh, if not please, I'll I'll please direct you to a site where you can I, help uh, I put up a, I put up
1: a message on my tw- on my Discord and only one person responded. I tagged everyone. <sighs> but everybody I've had my wife ask they're all like, "Yeah, I got 100 cuz it pissed me off. I got on the other day to play Nick and I had 429 sale price. 429 bells and I was like, "Yeah." And then I got distracted doing my like getting on things and at no. 12.04, I looked and I was like, no. So I went back, <laughs> yeah, and it was one seventy six, and I was like, no, 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 no. I bought these for 95 bells a piece. I want to make, I want to sell them for at least 200. And now I can't find a price over 100 bells. That's so, rough. And they're dead tomorrow. They're dead tomorrow. But I will, I will take your assistance going to that site, which probably means I'll have to leave like a tip or something. But whatever, you know, I don't care.
0: Yeah, so it's usually the, cur- they'll tell... They'll tell you how much per trip or per run. Um, the site that I'll mm-hmm. show you. So some be like, Oh, you know, one gold nugget per run, or leave me ninety nine K bells, or three nook mile tickets, or whatever. They'll tell you how much per run. Um okay. and like basically you queue up and when you get there you just let them know that I'm gonna be going back and forth or multiple trips, or they'll say no multiple trips, or if you're gonna do multiple trips, just let me know and do this much per visit. Yeah. Um so that the good thing
1: is I think I have like 32 slots, so I can make it in one trip. Right. Or 35 slots. Either way, I think I can do it in one trip. So hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. But yeah, I think. um, Oh, but yeah, also the summer update is kind of meh.
0: See, now here's my opinions on Animal Crossing in general. Um, Okay. In terms of the content and the amount of content. I think it is a blessing and a curse that it came out during the times of COVID because people have time to basically do everything in a shorter time span when the game was not made to be consumed so quick, which is why the summer update felt lackluster, I think.
1: I don't think so. I could. I finished the majority of the summer update. Now, obviously, there's things I'm going to achieve over time. Like, I'm going to get... I'm going to get 500 things out of the ocean over time. But like, I got every single species that I could get for my time of year. And the one thing I could get from Pascal from that day in less than two hours.
0: To be fair, I haven't been playing as much. So all I had to do is get on. Um, That's fair. I I mean, I can understand why, but it's also kind of like why it feels lackluster and it's meh. But then it's like a free update and it's a fun, cute thing. Yeah. And also, I it is. i mean, if you can do flips off the dock, <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where putting streamers aside, putting content creators aside, the average person was only going to maybe spend an hour or two on Animal Crossing a day. Right. Yeah. Not like with Nick and the chat's mom putting like fucking 120 hours in the first month or like month and a half or something, <sighs> because what else are people going to do? Everything's closed. Right right so because they consume through everything they can do that month in like a week and then now they're like what else do i do um let me time travel and do everything else that's supposed to be there for the year which is fine like that's their choice they did that great and so the uh, the only problem i have with that is if you're going to complain about nothing else in the game like you played through a game that wasn't meant to be consumed in such a rapid manner right so
1: that's absolutely fair
0: so for the summer update it looks cute you can finally go dive like i'm like it's just quite literally free real estate but also there's a pattern they showed with the previous game where they had introduced diving um after some point um i think it was new leaf uh, uh, which was the last 3ds game they're like oh yeah by the way we're putting out a free update today you can dive so but but they said they had some more plans for like summer stuff Uh, don't know what exactly so we'll see
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it would be really cool. I'm. I'm excited about the possibility of them introducing um, some of these uh, vendors as lo- uh, like residents. If Flicks, there's so many vendors that come it, and like, can you can you give Flick a shop? You know, it, or if Flick is a resident, hell yeah, yeah. Or uh, Kicks. I love Kicks. Kicks is great. But there's some things in the game that seem to be super, super inconsistent. Like, I've consistently logged on for the most part every day, every other day. I have seen red two times. How am I supposed to fill up my museum, man? Like, how? Yep. Two times in like four months. Yep. I'm not going to fill up my museum in 10 years of playing of this game. And so they're like, yeah, every week certain things have a chance to happen. I'm like, why not make them guaranteed? Every week on this day just like the turnip lady red's going to show up and have yeah, a bunch cuz then it reduces
0: cuz then it's like a double layer of RNG. Uh, you have the RNG of him yeah. showing up and also the RNG of what art pieces he's carrying and also yeah, on top so they it's gave triple, a bunch of crap. Also another RNG in terms of like whether any of them are real or fake and also the fact that you can only buy one. Right mm-hmm right so i've read i can understand how frustrating that might be not so much for the other uh rotating vendors but for red yeah because yeah. there's a there's a achievement tied to his visits right. yep that
1: is that is my uh that's one of my bigger problems is red people are like red's an asshole and i'm like i wish red was there more <laughs> like i just want to see red <laughs> <laughs> yeah Right. um but I think we have a thing to talk about, right?
0: I am Glenn, we're already an hour and a half.
1: <laughs> we can talk about it for a little bit. I feel okay. like this is probably something that's a relatively simple So you know.
0: Um this was a thought I had recently. Um, and I titled here as a topic of the show, The Death of E3. Um mm-hmm. because w- during the era of COVID nineteen in twenty twenty, uh, with conventions being canceled or delayed, um Video game developers have resorted to now doing online press conferences, and for the most part, they're showcasing just as much. And so Mm -hmm. it brought me to the point of questioning, like, is there really a point for E3 anymore? Does E3 have any relevance? Uh, And I'm not talking about the aspect of being able to play test or play some of these demos but purely from the conference point of view is it even a conference anymore is it even viable conference for people to spend that much money and time building that up when they could instead focus their efforts on things like PAX and bring you know Destiny 3 as a play test demo or whatever to the floor but they've already announced it and talked about it before and they're like oh by the way PAX West you could you could play uh, a little sample of what we have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you feel about
1: that how, what do you think what is, what is your opinion on that do you feel like it's meeting its end or? I think so
0: um, yeah and I think this has been this is it's also not a new topic I think this has been the case for a long time now and the people who run E3 have just been kind of like trying to run off fumes and try to keep things relevant because Nintendo has been doing just fine with their direct announcements for a while now Right. And then before COVID even hit, mm-hmm. people were already announcing that they're backing out of E three to do their own separate announcements. Sony specifically. Sony had already announced, I think it was yeah. in January, it was like, hey, we're not gonna beat E three this year, we're just gonna do our own thing. Because it's probably more time uh it's 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 more time efficient and also money efficient to just like work on your own built in production to show what you want to. Uh, because I think also E three started off as a place to share and learn and grow together and like this is what we're working on and now it's turned into like and like it's it's become overtly competitive yeah what do you think
1: i don't know i i i worry that that you know that line of thinking may mean that all con you know all cons are going to go to the same route where it's just easier and simpler Um, And, you know, that may be a way, honestly, that the world changes, you know, post-COVID. But I am encouraged by um, some of the numbers that I'm seeing. Speaking of COVID, um, things are getting better. You know, infection rates may be up, but death rates are down. Um, I saw a video of a guy and a doctor in Texas who thinks he may have found a very simple, cost-effective way to deal with this. He's at 100 percent survivability or surviving rate on his um, on his patients. And. So maybe because, I mean, personally, I love cons. I love going to things. I love watching, you know, reveal stuff uh, because I think it's and I've I've never actually gotten to be at like E3 or anything like that. Those big gaming conferences for those things. I usually go to Comic Cons. Um, But I could imagine, man, there's probably something really cool about getting to show up and then having Keanu Reeves walk out on stage. Right. You know? And be like, you're fantastic, you know, and reveal Cyberpunk 2077. You know, like, are we going to lose that magic for a little bit of financial viability? Um, I, I, I think,
0: yeah. I agree with you to an extent. I feel like we might move into more of a hybrid thing because I don't, I'm, I think cons are still very much, I think they have mainstay potential. Because Mm -hmm. at GuardianCon last year, there was a moment where Bungie came out on stage to announce a bunch of things. And the whole, or this was the year before that, and the whole, the entire auditorium, where we were, stopped. No matter where they were, because there's a main stage and everything else was happening. It was all pretty far, but you could get a decent angle from just about where you were. Everybody stopped Mm -hmm. and we were just watching what was being revealed to us. And there's... Like that energy is hard to substitute. Like, you can't replace that. So, I feel like we're probably going to move into some sort of like, here's the big reveal. And then maybe at cons, they're going to do like, here's more about the game, or here's a chance for you to play it, or here's a chance for you to like meet and greet with the devs, or whatever. Like, maybe more in depth, like very akin to Comic Con, you know, especially like. Comic-Con will do like tra- trailer reveals sometimes and I can see that happening but then I don't see the point of like these big fancy shows dedicated to one developer or one studio at a time anymore when they could just kind of do that as they wish throughout the year when it makes sense for them. Right because I also think that that puts some this might be me talking on my ass but I think that also puts some pressure on the developers themselves because if yeah. you have a developers like a big boss comes in like we need to have something for E3 2021 What do we have for E3 2021? And then you're showcasing these things like let's take Anthem as a situation where it was showcased as a beautiful game that was working, but it was just a piece of crap. Yeah. So I feel like a developer getting the chance to be able to tell their story and present what they're working on when they can, when it's ready, is more impactful than being forced to put out something just to keep the stock prices up, keep shareholders happy and show that we're competing. But then using those cons as a place to publicly publicly test and showcase what you've actually been working on by giving people a chance to play something. I think Mm. that kind of hybrid um, strategy might be what we're moving towards. Hmm. Because cons, cons do much more than also showcase the developers. It's also a place for people to meet and interact. People who have been gaming for years, for decades, can finally like, hey, I finally have enough money to go to PAX East can you do that this year yeah oh we can do that this year. oh we're gonna go to pax east hell yeah you know or like local artists to uh or artists in those communities get a chance to open up mm-hmm. boots and sell their merch and things that they've been working on related to those games Oh yeah, or so like fun. content creators coming and making connections with people like the developers and things like that getting introduced and forging those connections you know so things like that like i'm there's no there's no replacement for that like, there's, I think sometimes yeah. there's only so much you can do online. Oops. Uh, sometimes there's only so much you could do online. Like, you
1: Well, interestingly enough, I think the way you're, propo- I mean, what effectively what you're proposing as a possibility for the future would be more viable for the companies, as well as giving us a better picture. And then on top of that, they can choose venues that are a little easier to fund because they don't have to have that giant stage right. for this huge reveal. They could just have booths where... Ubisoft can be, you know, playtesting or doing a small showcase of, of the next, you know, right. the next Assassin's Creed game that they were able to bring on their own time frame to that con, whatever it is at whatever time of year. I like it. I like that a lot. I was a little wary when we first ta- like when we first talked about it. I was like, man, I feel like I want to be like on the opposite side of this I'm gonna say this sucks. I hate it. But I think this is really cool.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like because we just had Devolver Digital, um, like just now, like maybe an hour or two, like a few hours ago, Glenn, from when we're recording, they did their whole thing. Um, they did their press oh. conference, virtual press conference, and they put out something called Devolver Land or something like that, which is basically a free to play game on Steam that's... It, I fucking love Devolver Digital and their lore that they've built through their past conferences. If you have a chance to watch them, they're not very long. And like the story they tell uh-huh. is fantastic. But basically they put out this free game that's like an abandoned amusement park that is a advertisement for all their games. It is so fucking awesome. Like they're just like they're so like meta and so gimmicky and so meme but it's done so well. So you basically load it into this yeah. game and you have advertisements and rides, I think, based on all the other games that they own, that they make or publish or develop. <laughs> so they huh. made a game to advertise themselves, but it's like fully like walkthrough like, bull and shit like it's that. It's like PlayStation Home. <laughs> um, Except better. <laughs> and so we've got Ubisoft coming uh, later this month um, and they tease something for Far Cry, I believe. And it's got... Uh um Giancarlo the the guy from Breaking Bad who is in who is the owner of uh, El Pollo Loco um Oh I don't know I've never seen Breaking Bad um
1: great actor it's one of my it's one of my it's one of my television cinematography sins not watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> it, it's
0: it's a little hard to get into. It's pretty slow. Each season's always a little slow to get into, and then it picks up towards the end, but then it goes back to being slow. It's it's a little challenging to. That's the problem. I know that it's good. Too many people say that it's good, it was, and it's too critically acclaimed to not watch. But I'm just like, man, it was the same thing with Stranger I don't Things. A hundred percent. How you're feeling about Breaking Bad is me about Stranger Things. have you still not watched it i've still not watched it because you should watch stranger things watching it i'm like i'll get to it when i get to it it's fine. um but breaking bad is it is good but then it is difficult to watch sometimes it takes a, it takes like it's a long wind up and then it bitch (laughs) long wind up (laughs) it bursts and then it slows all the way down again anyways um that's a line that's a that's a funny line that jesse pinkman says right pinkman pinkman yes pinkman Science, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they tease something about Far Cry. We know um Microsoft's doing something on the fourteenth or the fifteenth because they tease something about Halo. um So,
1: oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, w-
1: they're the only series that they have to really back themselves on anymore. Gears of War. I'll Gears of War and Halo. Gears of War is good, but I just don't think that it has the. I don't think it has the the more widespread that's true i'll say it's more cult like
0: longevity it's more cult like yeah. which is what's like that's the only reason i bought my xbox was gears of war and halo yeah but enough people like gears of war where it's not super cult but it's still kind of cult yeah um, but halo does have that wider reach, and i'm very excited for Halo. i keep fucking dropping things today i'm very excited for halo infinite um whenever that comes out because i love the halo series anyways so like we're seeing that happen uh, you know nintendo direct has i think been a testament of you know, my idea what I was proposing working because I believe they usually have some sort of physical presence. They just don't do the conferences. So yeah, like I think that's kind of the direction we're moving in, but it's going to be sad to see, like it's essentially the end of an era, but which is, which makes sense because we didn't, you know, I, I think we talked about this, like they didn't have the technology they do like they do now. Back then. Right. Right. You know, you had to go to these and wait for news re- articles to come out so you could learn about what happened if you'd missed it. You couldn't live stream it, so you had to like just wait and see. Um, but then now you can just see that at any time. Especially if they go yeah. online. Well, it's accessible by anybody anywhere.
1: Yeah. I just yeah. I I, I don't know. I I think after talking about a little I think it's a it's a wonderful idea just because it's kind of like the whole thing with uh people working from home all right. across the world you know and they're like no it's not going to be viable it's it's a change of pace it's people won't be held accountable and what they're finding more often than not is that it actually works really well and it costs them less money yeah. so why do we have to resist that right if that if it works better and it costs less money and we're still productive we're still going to get to see the new games we're still going to get to play test them at cons because that's still available why
0: wouldn't because people this be don't the next like change step? and also cons probably bring in money but if money. it's a good change uh but you don't have to rent as much of
1: the cuz like that's one of the big things when you have those giant things there's so much oh, money yeah. that goes into the production
0: oh, yeah. of it like but then the tickets are like have you ever looked you. at like pax tickets that's fair like they'll that will s- cut severely into the cost that companies have to spend because they'll get reimbursed for some of that right yeah so i don't know about whether there's any monetary incentive for like the higher ups and the executives because they'll be losing out maybe on their own personal paycheck but i think for the developers the actual people coding the game it might be something that's a little healthier um because there's no right there'll still be crunch time but this was eliminating one possible source of crunch right because then they can just, you know, they can go right.
1: and release it whenever they want through their own thing in their own house. And then then they can just go to the cons like they were planning on. And, you know, there is when you play. to. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Get the assholes at the top that are trying to just pad their own paychecks. You make millions of dollars a year. I'm sorry you can't buy another yacht.
0: Money runs the world. Um Dude. I did want to say one thing, and this is not related to the topic of the show, because I just remembered. Did you see the last announcement from Nintendo about a new Pokemon game? No. I a new game. uh, I'm yeah, it's not it's not a main series game, but I'm very conflicted about it because. Is it like Pokemon Go ask, but it looks like fun? No, uh, (laughs) could you just what would be your wildest guess at a genre of Pokemon game that you wouldn't expect to come out?
1: like a like a like a like a puzzle Pokemon game.
0: I'm sure there are, I, I think there is a puzzle Pokemon game that exists. I'll give you one more guess before I tell you what it is.
1: Uh, a Pokemon RPG game where you are the Pokemon. That's mystery. And you have Dungeon. to level up your skills. Damn it. <laughs>
0: um, uh, they announced a
1: Pokemon MOBA, Glenn.
0: Like League of Legends with Pokemon? I didn't see too much of it because the thought honestly disgusts me, but something like that. Yeah. They announced a Pokemon MOBA a few weeks ago. I haven't looked too much into it. You know, DC did that. DC
1: did that as well. Oh, yeah. Where they had classic DC heroes and villains and you'd go up against each other in a very, you know, Dota League of Legends style map race
0: and you tried to take objectives and stuff so i mean it makes sense that it would work because champions pokemon so like you could have a yeah But it's just kind of like you know like why well i thought the
1: point of nintendo always was to try to keep people playing games in the room with each other though i don't know that's like always been like my friends that are diehard nintendo people are like yeah they're great because they they make stuff that we can play together and like, you know, that's why they don't sell Nintendo licensed headsets and stuff like that, because they don't want you playing online. Well, they want you playing in the room with your friends and your
0: family. Remember, Pokemon is owned by three companies. You've got Nintendo, oh, Game Freak, true. and the Pokemon Company. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. But anyways, they, they announced a Pokemon MOBA and goddammit, Glenn, it might be the first MOBA that I willingly try. From scratch oh man but i doubt i'm gonna see do maybe that. that's why maybe that's why is because <laughs> they found market wise that the people that love pokemon are the least likely to play
1: mobas imagine so they're like that's but the mobas case. make so much money so uh, well i mean think about it it's free to play but
0: i know people who have spent thousands yeah. of dollars on that game even valorant valorant put out a bunch of new skins did you see them by any chance it's called yeah. the Yo. elder series and it's basically a dragon like, each of the guns are dragons, and so it's it's quite literally the, the barrel of the rifle is like a dragon, and it's got, like, the claws and stuff, and when you reload, it, it spits out its cartridge, and when you go to give it to him, the dragon turns around, grabs it out of your hands, and eats it. And what is this? This is on Valorant, because Riot, right, so... Uh, That's awesome! Oh, no, it's fucking... Fa- it's awesome. But do you know how much that bundle costs, Glenn? Oh,
1: that's
0: dope. $50 is for one skin. One specific skin. Because you can either buy it individually or it's a bundle. $50. Well, they have those in League 2 prestige
1: skins. You end up paying like $50 to $100 spending on the skin. it's, It's
0: not $50 per individual skin. No, no. There's one skin specifically that's $50. And that's the knife. Because it's a flame blade, like it's this molten magma blade and it's dope as shit. But it's for that skin it, itself is fifty dollars and for the whole bundle it's a hundred dollars. For this dragon to like for you to hold a dragon that's alive and shoots like bullets or fire or whatever, and then it comes alive when you have to reload and inspect it or whatever. It's really cool. It's so cool, but it's so fucking a lot pricey, of money for dude. A
1: little skin pack, yeah.
0: Uh, But this Uh, is the the ideal form, still putting aside prices, ideal form of microtransactions because it's purely cosmetic and doesn't affect gameplay.
1: It is. Yeah, and the company can still stay in business and people can still play it and never spend a cent. Yes. I'm that way. I think I've spent money on the Galaxy Pass. That's the only thing I spent money on. Otherwise, RP was gifted to me or skins have been gifted to me or I got skins in like random... Hextech boxes and stuff like right. that so in that way I think they do give away I don't know I'm, I'm really a big fan of the way Riot does things
0: but um, I think we're going to wrap up here um, we're going to go right yeah. to game releases uh, Glenn do you want to cover gra- game releases I love game
1: releases since I'm a big fan of all these games <laughs> 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 I've only heard of like four of them um, yeah okay wait that's got to be it. Okay. Uh, we have first, uh, so this is for uh, July, the week of July 13th,
0: right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, the first one on the list is Professor Layton and the Unwound Future HD, uh, coming out on July 3rd. That's for iOS.
0: This is a um, uh, port of a Nintendo DS game that came out in 2008 from the Professor Layton series, which is a action puzzle okay uh game series
1: i was gonna ask why is it included we never include ios games because <laughs> it's a port from a console yes. got it okay uh then next is death stranding coming out on july 14th on pc the big game yeah Wait. this is
0: the one that uh, tyler was playing he was uh, known as the great connector um, this is Hideo. Oh, it's finally getting its PC port. This is the PC port, yes. Uh, Hideo Kojima's uh, PC port, and sometime later this summer, we don't have a release date yet. Um, should also be Horizon Zero X-1. Dawn. Oh,
1: yeah. it's it was Big Robot Dinosaurs, yes, right? It was
0: titled for the summer. We just don't have the actual date yet. So hopefully, sometime soon. Okay. But yes, Death Stranding is now on PC. Is going to be on PC,
1: okay. That's good on July 14th, which is, I believe, it's next Tuesday, something like that. Yes. So that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, and then Halo 3 is getting its uh yes. PC port on July 14th. Yes, is that combat evolved? Halo 3 combat evolved? No, the or combat no.
0: evolved is the first one. This is just Halo 3 oh. and it's just Halo 3? Yeah, this is the part of the Master Chief collection that they're releasing to PC in waves because uh, Master Chief Collection was oh. already on Xbox. And so this is their PC ports yeah. finally that they're bringing. Wait, but I thought you could already play that just through the Microsoft Store on your PC. No, so... um So Master Chief Collection was just Halo 1 and 2 then? No, Master Chief Collection was all the Halos with Master Chief, but only on Xbox. The Master Chief Collection recently came to PC, but it was launching in waves. Like the games are coming out in waves. So Uh, last year it started with Reach, then we got Halo 1 and 2, uh, like throughout the last few months. And so we're getting 3 now. So I think they're building up to, um, I think they're building up to Infinite. I think by the time we get to Infinite, we would have had uh, Halo 5 come out finally, because next we've got Halo 4 and Halo 5.
1: What a smart move, if that's the case, just like bringing up nostalgia and hype and releasing them in chronological orders until Halo Infinite releases. That's what I think
0: is going to happen. Based on the amount of time we have left and how much time in between releases, I don't know if that's the case, but I hope that that's the case. Because Halo Infinite should be touted for November, like it's is supposed to come out in November and it's taken them this long mm-hmm. since last November to get Halo 3 and we still have two more games putting aside ODST. So mm-hmm. hopefully we get to Infinite, uh, we get to Halo 5 before Infinite comes out. But if not... Wait, so you have a, you have an Xbox, right? Yes, I do. Do you think
1: that they will try and do a PC port quicker?
0: Or Halo Infinite. Well, we know Halo Infinite's uh, probably... launching play anywhere, so you can buy it either on PC. We know that. Good. Yeah, no, we. I think they. Confirmed I was like, that I was really
1: stoked about like because I'm not a huge Halo guy, as we can tell. I was like, Combat Evolve, the third mm. one, right? Uh, I'm not a huge Halo guy, but I do admire the series for what it was, and I had some pretty great memories with it. So that makes me happy. Good. Good. Um. Awesome. Halo. Uh, the next one that is coming out is called Neon Abyss. Um, it is a it is coming out on July 14th on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. A nice cross-platform game that we can look forward to. Yeah,
0: it's a um, roguelite uh, action platformer uh, where you run and gun your way into the abyss. Um, it looks interesting. It's got funky colors and it's very kind of 8-bit-like. But yeah, it's a, it's hmm. a roguelite. Okay,
1: roguelite games are great. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, What's that really big roguelike game that I super, super enjoy? And I had it, I bought it on my phone. I bought it on my iPad. I have it on my computer. I don't know what it's called right now. Whatever. No, I can't remember. Okay. It. It's fine. <laughs> it's the one where you're in a ship and you're trying to cross the galaxy and get away from, like, bad guys that are trying to catch you. FTL? It. FTL, yeah. yes. Faster than light. There it is. That's part of the reason why I forget all the time is because it's it's called FTL by the community, but it's faster than light uh, in oh, my okay. head. Uh, and so then somebody goes FTL and I go, oh, yeah, 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 faster than light. Yeah, Uh great. Uh, the next one that's coming out is Rocket Arena coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC on July 14th. Is that it's a third person shooter? Ask?
0: No, it's a third person shooter online video game made by Final Strike Games and published by EA. Um, I... Honestly, hadn't heard about this, and I've been seeing a bunch of creators on my timeline say that they've been working with uh, Final Strike on this, and they're partnered to do, like, sponsored streams and stuff. So, to me, this seems to have just come out of nowhere, honestly. Um, So, I I haven't even seen graphics or anything of it. So, just looking forward to seeing what happens to it when it comes out.
1: Yeah, and maybe the timeline got pushed ahead because of COVID and stuff like that, so... Uh, The next one we have is Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, July 14th, PC and Nintendo
0: Switch. Yeah, this one's. Is this a JRPG? Kind of. um, It is. Kind of. It is. uh, Have you heard of Harvest Moon? Yes. So this is a Harvest Moon game. Um, I guess. Oh. I guess Story of Seasons might be its Japanese name. Maybe, but this okay. is a remake of a Harvest Moon game called Harvest Moon: Friends of Mineral Town that came out for the Game Boy Advance in two thousand three. Okay, so I think this is just That's a really uh, wonderful remake. Um, let me
1: just, just a, yeah, a little,
0: little remaster for the for the the new generation. Looks like it, and the art style seems to be kind of consistent, but also a little different. But this seems to be a uh, a remaster, basically. Hmm. I love it.
1: The next one we have is coming out on July 16th called uh, Beyond a Steel Sky on Only PC. I imagine it is a, an airborne fighting game based on the uh, an aerial combat game.
0: A groundbreaking 3D adventure thriller set in an AI-driven future. Subvert the world, hack the Never systems, mind. and solve the conspiracy to uncover the devastating thru- uh, truths. Seems like, thanks, cyberspunk S walled up city large skyscrapers everything neon ah, and outside of it is like steel desert sky. and barren that's what i'm just oh, saying from this quick cool. trailer here the art style seems really cool
1: like fahrenheit 451
0: uh, this is from charles uh, cecil creator of the broken sword series with art direction by dave gibbons legendary comic book artist behind Watchmen. comes beyond steel sky oh. it's a long-awaited sequel to the cult classic beyond beneath the steel sky huh
1: Sounds like it could actually be really awesome. Nice little sleeper. Especially now that, you know, we all wanted that. We we're we all missing our cyberpunk fix. So maybe this will be a nice tide over. Yes.
0: Oh my goodness, cyberpunk. In, in the meantime. Please, now. I want to play it so bad. <laughs> Give me the Give cyberpunk. Now.
1: All right. The, the next one is uh, super hot. Mind control delete. Coming out on July 6th... Sorry, that name got me for some reason. <laughs> Coming out on July 16th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. <laughs> have, uh,
0: have you ever played or seen gameplay of Super Hot? No! Super Hot is really great because, yeah, think of it like... You're in a training simulation, so everybody is just kind of like crash test okay. dummies, and the, the world is not colored. It's just kind of like you'll see the... Outla- you'll see the objects, but there's no colors in it, and the enemies are in red. And every time you... I believe every time you move things slow mm-hmm. down i think um or you don't move things slow down is really cool action uh, series and i believe this is a dlc for it okay yeah it's um okay bind control delete Yeah, so you stand in the center of, I'm reading off the thing, you stand in the center of a firefight, a hail of slow motion bullets is inching slowly towards your face, you see bright red enemies frozen in place as they run towards you, weapons in hand, they're stepping over the shattered remains of the foes you just dispatched, everything is sharp, silent and still, light flickers in the red crystal shards coating the cold concrete floor around you, there's a gun slowly turning in flight right in front of you, an enemy must have dropped it as their dying body exploded in a shower of brilliant red shrapnels so you go exploring the world and going like stop uh like slow motion normal pace and that's in between is when you kill people and you die in one hit so it's essentially kind of like a puzzle game that you can you keep playing over until you like is this a vr game there
1: is a vr version yes okay because i definitely have seen the guys at node play through a game that sounds just like this it's
0: really cool i saw somebody playing through it it, it is, is really fucking cool
1: i yeah i've got playstation vr and it's one of those things certain I'm like i'm just i really want to try out iron man vr but anyway um uh the next game is a game that i've heard about but i don't really know much about um ghost of tsushima tsushima, tsushima. ghost of tsushima um uh coming out on ps4 it's an exclusive yes. at least
0: for now um um published by sony interactive so i don't expect it to be um not uh, exclusive at any yeah. point um yeah developed by sucker punch the same people who did uh, the infamous series and early sly sly cooper one slide two oh, you sly mean three. big electric guy uh yes big electric guy big same scary injuries. electric yeah guy? um ghost of tsushima really was it? that really pretty infamous. samurai game that they showcased two years ago with like the really beautiful oh. feels and like the really intense focused combat uh, scenarios um yeah. yeah. Uh so that's finally getting its release and people are excited. They're ecstatic.
1: Yeah. Is it kind of going to be in the vein of a Dark Souls level sort of game where it's like a challenge through combat and good graphics but not like a
0: compelling story or I don't think so. This from what I've seen this looks like it's based uh it's more story focused. Um okay. I actually don't know. I couldn't tell you. So I guess we wait for the gameplay to come out. It didn't seem like a Soul Series kind of game. It it seemed like, to me, if you've... If you've ever played any of the Prince of Persia series from like Sands of Time, Two Thrones and Warrior Within, and then then they transitioned to the Prince of Persia reboot in 2008, where it was so focused on -on one-on-one combat, that's what this seemed like to me. There was like just a very focused on intimate battle scenarios. It didn't seem like large amounts of people, but I could be misremembering details from the trailers. Maybe I'm missing out. There were actually group battles, but it's meant to be action stealth. Okay.
1: Okay. I dig it. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, cool. And then the last thing on our list, a lot of releases this week, um, is Paper Mario The Origami King coming out on July 17th in Nintendo Switches. It's just a Paper Mario port from another system no this is or a brand is new is paper
0: mario game this is one we were talking about that i was excited for yeah uh because they just dropped the announcement out of nowhere like i think a month and a half ago or a month ago or something that the new paper mario is awesome. coming out and it looks really cool um comes out uh yeah this uh, on the 17th um people are definitely excited heck for it yeah
1: heck yeah that's really cool well that is all of our releases um, um what about release? Uh, what about This Day in Gaming, Nick? I think there's one from you and one from me. <laughs> yeah,
0: This Day in Gaming from July 13th. Um, first on the list is Octopath Traveler. Came out in 2018 for the Nintendo Switch initially. This is a beautiful um, turnstile-based RPG game with what we talked about was high HD 2D graphics. Because there was like, it's side-scroller uh like top down sometimes 2d graphics but it's got volumetric and dynamic lighting so it feels like like things pop despite it being flat in hd so it's that's why we call it h they call it hd 2d or 2d hd okay it's a beautiful looking okay. game because it's also 8-bit um and then the combat is pretty complicated and intuitive but the story is great uh so that came out 2018 uh, on this day july 13th so happy birthday octopath traveler um and you want to tell us about the second one here
1: yeah, the second one is something I included because of I I feel it has, um, I I, I don't know it, it it's important to me because it ended up relating to something that I ended up doing. It's called uh, Warhammer 40k Kill Team. Nice. Uh, the Xbox thirty uh, Xbox three sixty version was released, and I don't think that Kill Team was a thing in the actual 40k game yet. And they play tested a little bit of some of the mechanics with this game, and now it is a format in actual tabletop play. So I guess I forgot to copy where when it came out, like what year. But it came out on July thirteenth, so it didn't. I forgot to select the day. <laughs> uh, oh crap! Now I feel bad. It's uh, two thousand eleven. I don't know what day it's. 2011 there we go thanks buddy <laughs> yeah so happy ninth birthday to warhammer 40k yay kids. um yay.
0: and i think that's gonna be it for the show um love it yeah glenn where could uh people find you uh you can find me
1: on twitch at glenn houston glenn with two ends looks like looks like huston and also on twitter or sorry oh my god twitter is glenn houston Glenn with two ends looks like <laughs> Uh, Houston, uh, Houston! Oh my gosh, my words! And then uh, on on Twitch, you can find me at Raise That's R A E Z E T H.
0: Nice. Um, you can find our host, co-host uh, partner who's not here today, Tyler, at Two Times Tyler, all letters on Twitter. And whenever he does stream it's usually right here. Uh, well, I'm saying right here as we're live, but on Casual Master Quest on Twitch. Um, you can find me on Twitch at L R Eleven, all letters. Twitter at LR the 11th, also all letters, and Instagram as well as LR 11. The show, Casual Master Quest, can be found on Twitter at CMQ Network, where you'll have a link that'll take you to wherever we are on the interwebs, from Spotify to iTunes to Google Podcasts. You'll also take you to our Discord server, where we have conversations and random, random miscellaneous, safe-for-work, not-safe-for-work hijinks. Uh, You can email (laughs) us with... Any kind of questions, comments, concerns uh, at casualmasterquest at gmail.com. We also have a show, a DD podcast called Casual Questmasters. Uh, that is also on the same um, same um, feed for Casual Master Quest. Uh, it's titled as Casual Questmasters. And we just put out episode 37 where we started mm-hmm. a brand new season and a whole new story arc. So look forward to that as we... As we build this beautiful and lovely story going around through Faerun. Um, but beyond that, uh, anything else before we wrap up here, Glenn? No, I think that's
1: great. Cool. Just come hang out. Listen to our stuff. Hang out with us. We're cool people.
0: Hell yeah. Thank <laughs> you very much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you all. Hope you're all staying safe. Remember to wear a fucking mask because it's not wear that it. fucking hard. Just wear the mask. Just do it. Um, Just wear the mask. Be nice to each other. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. This is Casual Mass Quest, episode one hundred and seven, and don't forget to never stop the grind. Bye-bye. Bye
2: bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>